<laughs> Blade Runner is great. I didn't see the new. Did you see the new Blade Runner? I enjoyed it. It was a haul. Or something like that? It was a haul. It was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. But it's like two, almost three hours. I know. I heard it was long. Uh, but the original Blade Runner is classic in my geeky little mind. Yeah. I've been seeing, a, a, I saw a couple of articles that were comparing um, the new Blade Runner movie to Dune. And Dune is doing a lot better than Blade Runner did, the, the newer Blade Runner did. Um, and everyone was, it's kind of like Gemini Man. And I'm not a huge film critic, but um, Gemini Man was like something that took years because they, they waited, like they filmed a lot. The, the most past. recent version with uh, yeah. Will Smith. Right? With Will Smith, yeah. Okay. They, 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 sure. they recorded a lot um, years ago. And then they were like, the whole point is we're going to make them without CGI, an older version of Will Smith. And it was like a weird conundrum. I never actually watched the movie, so if anybody has watched it, and they're going to be probably shitting on me. You know, 20 <laughs> years ago, they had planned to do it with a younger Will Smith, and the older version was going to be Bill Cosby. No shit. No, nah, I'm just making that up. But wouldn't that be a great fucking movie? <laughs> It'd be like, hey, hey, hey. It would even be better now, right? I'm here to shoot my for myself. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. Nah, nah, nah. Gonna have a good time. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. You can use this more than I What's that? It is a small proof bag that has a lock that you can pick, and you can travel with it, and basically a cop can't enter it. You need to bring the mic back to you, babe. Wait, hold on. What? <laughs> like, okay. what I'll this? take care of that. I'll do the intro. Okay. So this is the Lost Out Podcast. Today, okay. I have um, someone I just met uh, at a comedy show, and I thought he was really awesome, and I was actually pretty pissed off because of the disrespect of the crowd. Because he had these people, the way this place was built up, it's built kind of like an L. And you had these people in the very back of this L. So you had a stage, and then you had this L. These people were just being rowdy and talking and mad shit to each other. Not really heckling, but just being... No. I just felt like it was disrespectful. And so I'm like, I got to get up in the front, and I got to just like... I want to I hear I want to hear what this dude is saying. And so uh, we, we ended up getting to talking afterwards, after the, mm-hmm. after the set. And then uh, I invited him to come on the podcast because I want to hear his perspective on things. And I'm um, thank you, uh, yep. thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It was a pleasure meeting you both yep. uh, at the show, and I'm happy to be here. And let's chat about everything. Yeah. So please introduce yourself and kind of give a little bit, just a synopsis of where 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 you're based, how sure. long you've like been doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Tony Diomko. I've been a stand-up comic for. Coming up on 28 years, I started right out of high school. I'm originally from San Francisco, now living in Los Angeles. I am part of the Joker and Jester, uh, Jokers and Jester Comedy Tour, uh, which you can find us out on uh, Facebook, Amazon Prime. We have a special featuring all four members of us on Amazon Prime. And uh, yeah, we're back on tour after 18 months of craziness. Uh, we found ourselves in uh, Mountain Home uh, this past weekend. Uh, met these fine people who were kind enough to uh, welcome me to their podcast, and I'm happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. So, so you you based out of Sacramento? You said That's originally from San Francisco, originally. Uh, but now living in uh, Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, yeah. But uh, after 18 months of uh, pandemic, I'm back on the road and. Being all over America and um, North America and just happy to be doing this job again. And not only just stand up, but 
meeting people and doing podcasts like this again. This is crazy because I've been listening. I mean, I, obviously, I told you I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan stuff because, mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he's a comedian. I love his specials as well. Sure. And uh, he moved from, I think I think it was L.A. Yeah, to Texas. To Texas because of that because he couldn't. They were like, so 18 months for you was like, I guess, what, 12 months for him because he was still do he started doing shows and stuff in Texas. So mm -hmm. that's a, to me, looking, looking at it, like the responses to the COVID stuff, we don't really have to get into it right now because I have other things that I wanted to ask you about, but even want to, if you want to kind of give a little, what, what do you, what do you think about all this? Like, can I talk about handed. Joe Rogan for a quick yeah, second? Yeah, talk about Joe. For all a right. Second. Here's the thing. Yeah. Um, Joe Rogan on uh, news radio, which is one of my favorite sitcoms of all time with Dave Foley, uh, Phil Hartman, Maura Tierney, uh, Joe Rogan, again. Uh, fantastic TV series. One of the most underrated TV series sitcoms of all time. Not a particularly huge fan of Joe Rogan's stand-up. Did get to work a week with him in San Francisco. Oh, no crap. Uh, opened up for him. Um, not a, a mean guy to me. We just had... Every once in a while, as a comic, if you're in the, especially if you're the opening act and they're the headliner and the big name, mm -hmm. not all the time, but sometimes they don't just, they just choose to not give you the time of day, and it not in a horrible way. He would say hi, but we wouldn't talk shop like sometimes yeah. you would do with other comics in a green room. Like y'all just hang out and yeah, yeah, like hey, I, after or yeah. like saying hey, I I really like that joke you did. Hey, you might want to try this tag or. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you said that thing earlier, you can call back this joke if you do that joke after this. You know, just, again, talking a little bit of shock. Mm -hmm. With him, he was friendly, but it was just like, hey, hey. Um, his podcast is, to me, reminds me of Bill Maher, both of Politically Incorrect and his HBO series. I'm not a big fan of the guy individually, but I like their format. Mm -hmm. Uh, they bring on interesting people with interesting ideas. I'm not somebody who wants to hear four or five people agree with me. Yep. Or four or five people disagree with me. Mm -hmm. I like a little. I like a little mix. I like conversation. I like words. Uh, you guys saw me on Saturday night. I think I made it pretty clear that I like words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like conversation. Uh, that's why I was so um, thankful that you asked me to be on your podcast. Again, Joe Rogan, his podcast is very interesting and worth checking out. Um, but I also get that people don't agree with him, like with him, like him. Shit. Uh, same I, thing with Bill Maher. Like you said, half the time, I don't agree with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't agree with And that's how it should be with everybody. You yeah. shouldn't like everybody all the time. You shouldn't hate everybody all the time. Mm -hmm. But I like the, uh, I guess there's a genuine, uh, genuinity, I guess, aspect to it. Mm -hmm. It's just he's not he's not trying to follow like a uh, a set um, of talking points, and that's what you see that you see in in media now. Like that's all you see is just like everyone has to follow. They have to toe the line of whatever they started with. They're, if they're political, then they have to follow the political lines. They can't be like uh, they can't they can't try to question things. They can't bring on people that will question things. If they do, they have to make sure that they have a, a super majority of like even on Bill Maher, that, and I think that's the only thing that I'll dis, uh, uh, not necessarily disagree with you. Uh, uh, Bill Maher's show is that he has a crowd that, that they will clap and they will cheer off of every point that he makes, but if he brings on somebody that is uh, of a different 
different political ideal, well, then they they'll just boo or they'll they won't. I mean, I, I can't. Spe- uh, I and I agree with what you're saying, but I can't speak for the crowds because mm-hmm. those are L.A. crowds. Yeah. Um, and Bill Maher is a big enough of a name where they're coming partially for the or majority wise for, him. for Bill Maher. Yeah. Uh, they're not like, oh, here's some guy from Politico. Yeah, no one cares. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even your mom's here to watch Bill Maher, not you, kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still like the uh, the diversity of exchange and conversation. It's just... There used to be, uh, in a newspaper, and I'm going to age myself and date myself a little bit with this reference... That there used to be the letters to the editor, where those were opinions, whether mm-hmm. it was political figures, social figures, or just people who had an opinion who wanted to say something to the editor and get their opinion out there. And then there was journalism. There mm-hmm. was the Cronkites and the Rathers and people putting facts out there. Not opinions, mm-hmm. facts. And over the last decade in particular... Uh, even people who I used to think were as journalists, now it's just become opinion. Yeah. And, and I, it's become because they want raw numbers. Right. They don't want to be right. And I can, they just want to be winning. And I'd like to, I'd like to give like an example of kind of for, for people to be able to be able to recognize it whenever they do watch like the media, like for, for like a news story. So say, um, a man was stabbed in the, um, uh, in downtown LA on Saturday night at 3 a.m. Um, and police responded within 20 minutes and found the perpetrator and mm-hmm. that perpetrator has been has been taken into the, that, That's a factual news story, right? Yep. So here's how media will spin it. A man was a black man was stabbed. The perpetrator was found 20 minutes later and turned out to be a white man. And then so now we want to talk about what's going on with uh, white supremacy in America. So you see how the story just, it doesn't even, it's not, they're not two separate segments. So one's opinion segment, one's not. They mold them together. So the opinion gets molded with the fact. So you can't really differentiate because they say it all in one sentence. That's what I've noticed is like a, opinion and fact have come together to try to force the, uh, a narrative. Whether, whether you agree with the narrative or not, that's still the case. I, I, have, I have a problem with that when it's in the, on the right and I have a problem with this on the left. It's like if you're going to be an objective and you're going to be, like you said, in the newspaper, they had journalism, which was based off of fact. Here's the factual evidence. Here's the factual story of what happened without our biases getting involved in that. This one, nowadays, it's you can't read a story. You can't watch a story on the news without even when they say this is the objective news. And then we're going to get into, you know, whatever later don lemon is coming up next and that's going to be your opinion right yeah and uh a lot of people on the cnn who i um i would affectionately refer to as the jan brady's of news Mm -hmm. because you had you had fox which was Mm marcia you had msnbc that was sydney and then there was there was poor cnn being jan brady who no one was paying attention to um and a lot of their stuff became went from moderately to most uh, to most uh, genuine journalism, but with guests who would have different opinions. Yeah. To now pure opinions. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Fox does the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to turn this into, like, well, this is the liberal attacking Fox. But Fox started it. Yeah. And but <laughs> but Fox did it, but yeah. Fox did it so well that CNN and MSNBC has been trying to replace it or yeah. do the same uh, on on the left side. And I really think that has to do with ratings. Yeah, like that. Like, it goes back to what you were saying. Before, when Bush yeah. uh, at the end of 2008, when people were fed up with Bush and uh, the war, and Obama was building momentum, mm-hmm. when MSNBC started beating Fox. Fox didn't care who won in 2008. Fox cared about being number one again. Mm-hmm. And so it was MSNBC and so was CNN. They're networks. And I think that's where... They have they care about winning. Mm-hmm. Just like we all do in sort of a, a capitalist sort of way. And I don't say it insultingly. I want to be the best comic in the world. I would like to make a living where I can weigh more than 135 pounds someday, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, but you know, we all want to be successful and we want to strive for success. But I think a lot of ways and more and more it's people are judging their success on the failure of others. And maybe I'm a little bit of a wide eye optimist, but I think we can have both. You can be successful and be happy and not be completely to the detriment of everybody else. Yeah. Now, I'm not trying to be completely hippie about it because some people do need to get kicked to the curb. Yeah, there is competition. There are bad guys out right. in the world. But you but you beat them by your level of competence. It's kind of like, I, I like to use be chess. Be smarter than them. I, I like to use chess as an analogy for a lot of things because chess is just a beautiful game and there's so many avenues that you can use it for analogies. So... Um, I love chess. If you want to play a game before we, we end this, but I, I, would, end I would almost we should do an, an entirely <laughs> complete podcast of just us playing, playing chess, chess and talking about it as we're playing. I'd have to get I'd have to get Jordan and my wife. She'd have to be filling in because I'm going to be sitting there thinking. In the oh, what what did you say? I'm sorry, I'm thinking about this move. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> chess is like you you can't beat that person um, very rarely unless you can get them somehow. Uh, emotionally charged or make him feel antsy and that's if you're an expert psychologist or something like that or a manipulator but aside from that which is i think is a non a non sequitur um if i may really quickly no, uh, as much as comedy and acting as as i love uh, i love writing and i love people who put words together beautifully and when you mentioned chess um I was a big fan of the show The West Wing, Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. And there's a great episode where he talks about chess, and he's playing chess with different members of the cast or his cabinet in the episode. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the reoccurring line is, see the whole board. And that's mm-hmm. one of the lessons from chess that I try and take with life. See the whole board. Mm-hmm. Don't be looking for, well, this is what I'm doing tomorrow. What are you doing next month? What are you doing six months from now? What are you doing from a year from now? Yeah. See the whole board. Some micro uh, and macro plans. And then also be flex. Like you have to be kind of flexible, flexible because mm-hmm. your macro plans, things will get in the way. But as long as you have the general direction of where you want to go, it kind of gets vaguer and vaguer because this life is very complicated. Absolutely. When people ask me about stand up comedy and they, they ask, how do you plan out your sets? I go, I know my first three jokes. 
not particular order, but I know the three the three jokes I'm opening with, I know the three jokes I'm closing with, and everything in the middle is dictated by the audience and how they react to those jokes. Do you factor in? I, I, I know I'm segueing and I'm getting more into the personal, but do you, no, do you factor in uh, like heckling? Is that it's like is is it kind of like a you plan for it? But I, I'm yeah. genuinely curious because I I thought it would be awesome to have like just do like a five minute thing, just write a couple of jokes just to fuck around, you know, not, nothing, not trying to go pro or anything like that. I thought it would be interesting to do that. I was gonna do it for um, a talent show in Misawa when I was in Japan, mm-hmm. and uh, I ended up flaking out because I was a little pussy dude. No, I'm not gonna really lie. Yeah, <laughs> but I was, I was, I was like, dude, I have, I have a, I probably the story takes a totally different turn. Yeah. I said, I have a, I probably have a good five minutes set just with what I, what I had written at the time. And I, I just like, I couldn't do it because what scared me the most is I'd seen this uh, compilation of a heckling compilation. And that, and that's, and this is the thing that I do is it's kind of like, I use the chess analogy a lot, but no, it's no. kind of like, I, I, I know what I want to do but someone's going to make a move that I'm not going to be able to predict. And I wanted to try to guard against it. So I'd watch these heckling like deals. Cause like if everyone's going to be drinking, someone's going to be screaming out something and I'm gonna have to react to it. What if I don't have the wit for it? And I just bomb. And I was like, I don't want to bomb. I just want to have a good five minutes. It's five minutes. Right. And I just, I, I, I shut down. I was like, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. How did you plan for that? On three fronts. Number one, I always tell anyone who's trying it for the first time. Number one, if you've ever had an inkling to try it, try it. It's the best drug you will ever experience. It's the ultimate high. It's, I'm 27 years later still chasing that dragon. The other thing is, when you're first starting out, you're just getting used to being on stage. Like, being comfortable. Unless you have a, any sort of background in public speaking, you're just going up there to be, okay, there are people looking at me. I'm talking. They're listening to me. I'm going to get through this next three to five minutes. Mm -hmm. When it comes to hecklers, that takes time because people think it's all just, it's just about like dealing with somebody in the audience who says, you suck. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one kind of heckler. And you can attack a guy who's attacking you depending on how much likability you've built with the audience. But sometimes you just have people who are talking loud. Sometimes you have people who are agreeing with what you're saying, but they're talking loud and stepping over your punchlines. Yeah. My and bad if I did that, by the way. No, 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 no. You weren't. And But here's the thing. It's my job to deal with it um, because you can't go too hard after somebody if they were kind of agreeing with you because then you become the jerk. And I've had audiences turn on me when I first started out because I went too hard after a heckler. Then there are times which are fantastic. Wow, the jewels. When people are super mean to me and the audience is on my side and four years of high school bullying gets to come out focused and pure adolescent rage on that one person and I'm like, I'm going to make Just them cry. Hypes, <laughs> hypes up the room, public shaming. Yeah, yep. and it's like... <laughs> This is satisfying. All those years of comic books and masturbating that's finally paid off. <laughs> that's what I was Which hoping. is the title of my next CD. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping for that kind of uh because the the show that we that we watched um, cuz you were the you weren't the you weren't the opener, you were the you were the closer. Yeah. Right? So 
um i was like oh dude this is gonna be great dude i was like i even told jordan i was like let's move over here let's get closer to the bar you know like because before we just went off to the went in the back no we i were, remember when you first yeah. came in mm-hmm. and then you got called in to be his yeah. uh no, she hadn't even sat down yet i got called a stripper <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, you know I can context though. He was he was, he was throwing some throwing some rounds at you. He was yes, testing he you. Was. He was testing you. She had, she stone faced. She got stone faced though. I'm always stone faced. I felt bad for him. I felt bad for him. I was like, oh boy. Because <laughs> <You laughs> she hadn't even started she yeah. hadn't even started drinking yet, and I was like, nope. oh man. Dude. <laughs> Like, dude, I haven't even had a cocktail yet. No, yeah, right? Walked in, went to the bar, grabbed the drink, and as we're walking over, he's like, I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer. He's like, oh, you look good. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, take off your jacket. Let's go. I'm like, yeah. and I was like oh. <laughs> You're like grabbing your shot, pulling it to yeah. your mouth, and like, hey, come on stage. I'm like, but it was yeah. right here. I was like, oh. I was, I was like, oh. so close. I was like, oh, poor guy. He's not going to have an easy run of this one. No. <laughs> She's She's very stubborn, but it was a good time. Then you came up, and I was, and you, you started off with your, with your joke, and I just felt like like once, once what was this? What's his name? What's your, what's your, what was the opener's name? Uh, Jake, Jake Daniels. Jake, Jake. Jake okay, Daniels. yeah. So once, once he came down, there was kind of like everyone just kind of went back to mingling, I guess. Yeah. And you came up, and it's like no one really noticed that you came up. And so you had to – I could tell that you had to like – Start fresh. To, well, I mean, I could tell like even your even your volume level had to go up a little bit to make sure like let people know that hey, there's a new act on the stage. We yep. got to get back into focus, and it was just really hard for these for these people that are in the back. And I was like, dude, I got to get in the front because I I want to I'm I'm interested. I wanted to see what you what you had to give. You have to. Um, and I will say this, and I say this uh, with all the love in the world. Jake's only been doing this about six seven years, and part of the that time he was still fighting cancer. So oh, wow. it's not even a full six, seven years. Um, but he's got one of the best, if not the best, business head in comedy that I've ever come across. He's the one who puts these tours together. He's the one who got us this um, Amazon Prime special. And the other three of us are all guys who've been doing this over 20 years. Uh, but Jake's business head has gotten him and us this far. Um but then there are nights, because um, we do big cities, small cities, theaters, bars, and especially on a weekend like Halloween, like uh, we can get into last night, <laughs> which was actually a fine show. But I mean, you guys saw us on uh, Saturday night before Halloween, yeah. and that's just one of those weekends where you know it's going to be work. Mm-hmm. And you got to be able to adjust your voice, your persona, physically your routine your routine which jokes you're gonna do in what order like should i go dirty earlier should i go smarter earlier shorter bigger bits story bits um is this crowd politically able to laugh at things that are political <laughs> yeah that's a that's a that's an avenue that's really difficult right now yeah yeah i try and uh, truth be told uh the political stuff doesn't bother me as much because i generally don't talk about it on stage because it's it's an it's a no-win scenario if people can pull it off and do it well god bless them um i talk more about social issues and my outlook on it and i think that i pull it off in a way that look i get the other side but here's how i look at it it also helps when you're like 118 pounds and you know no one's afraid of you yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it definitely helps yeah, believe me yeah yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so I, 
I like to be very subtle with my stuff. I don't like to hammer people in the head. Um, when I started, and I started out in San Francisco, and I started doing one-nighters and going to smaller towns, people were like, well, you can't do your big city stuff there because they're not going to get it. And I was like, that's insulting. It is now because we ha- we live in a, a, a sort of digital society. I thought it was insulting back then, truth be told. I thought, yeah. like, no, people who live in a big city aren't necessarily smarter, and people who live in a, a smaller town aren't necessarily less informed. Mm-hmm. It's... I'm going to tell the jokes that I think are the funniest and are going to most entertain them, and I hope that works. Yeah. It's better um, to just go and see and, and gauge it out than yeah. it is to just be like, oh, I'm only going to go with the softballs because these yeah. people are, are – because people are going to they're, – they're going to they're going to latch onto that. Like the people that are aware are going to say, oh, this, this, this dude is saying jokes that are like kid-level shit. I read this stuff like when I was – Yeah, I'm not going to – I'm not going to – like I'm not going to insult myself and I'm not going to insult yeah. my audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're either going to get this together or we're not. And if you don't get it, that's cool. Sometimes it's on me. I didn't deliver it the way I should have. Sometimes it's on them. They just weren't... Engaged? We, uh, no. I mean, we, again, we had a show last night, uh, Halloween night. Seven people who were actually listening to the show kind of enjoyed it. But we were also dealing with, it was Halloween night, the drinking beer... They're watching the Cowboys versus the Vikings. Oh, they left the TVs oh, on? Yeah, yeah. They should not have they should have turned the TVs off. Come on. Normally we do and and we totally do, but we knew it was like it was Halloween night. Yeah. We everyone, had like eight everyone people. be booing from the onset. Yeah, like you like, wanna leave the like, TVs on? The game off? <laughs> you wanna play darts, you wanna shoot pool, you know, you wanna punch me in my nuts. I don't give a shit. I'm getting two fifty at the end of the night. Let's go through this. Yeah. And but they here's the thing. They were a good crowd. We got through it. I'm not saying it was the obviously it was the best night of my life, but they laughed. They had a good time. They talked to us afterward and were very appreciative. Bought us some beers. They bought T-shirts. They said thank you. That's all we could have asked for. I mean, again, it's not their fault that they weren't a hundred people. They were eight, but the eight <laughs> of them who were there laughed and had a good time. And um, hopefully, we made them forget about life for a while. And that's all. That's basically what you're trying to do. Yeah. First and foremost, obviously, you still want to change the world and make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And, but first and foremost, it's about entertaining people. Yeah. Getting people to laugh is that that, that, that a is a, that's a medicine. That's a medicine, and especially yeah. going through what everyone has gone through these past you specifically the past 18 months. It's you making other people laugh. You laugh with them. It's, it's not something that's I'm only going to make these people laugh and I'm going to feel like shit. When you make somebody laugh, you tend to laugh along with them. Like when everyone is laughing, you're laughing as well, and that's what makes it so great. One, Bert Kreischer is a really is a comedian that I like a lot. Oh yeah, he's great. He I've laughed at him a couple times. He laughs at himself, and it's just I think I, it's so hilarious and it's intoxicating, yeah. like it's infectious. Like it's when he laughs, even if his joke is just kind of like whatever, it's because of the way that he laughs that everyone starts laughing, and so it just it's continuous laugh. But anyway, I want I want to know like. Do you know, based off of like all the times that you've done like stand up, like do you is there one specific um, set that you've done that was like the best set ever that you just it was it was like what what was the best the highlight your highlight set do you remember it? It's a little tough for me to answer. Here's the thing, uh, and I've talked to comics about this. And I'm not, 
generalizing or um, putting a take on anyone's own uh, comedic opinion. But I've heard comics talk about walking off stage and going like, oh yeah, I killed, I smoked it, I killed them, I got them. I've never said that. 25, 27 plus years in the business. I've never said I killed. I've never said I slammed. I never said I've, I've dropped them. I've had moments where I've walked off stage feeling pretty good. Um, on a very few occasions, and again, maybe this is the Irish Catholic in me, because I never wanted to be too confident. Uh, but there are, in that time, there have been a very few shows where I was walking on stage going, I think I might got these guys already. And that's very rare for me. I would say 27 years in the biz, under five sets. Mm. Where I've really felt like walking into, like, ladies and gentlemen, your next act is, as I'm walking up there going, yeah, I got that. I will tell you one experience uh, on tour with Jake a few years back. We were in Victor, Colorado. It was a hotel, bar, and restaurant. He did very well before me, packed room. He had been there before with other comics. And there was just such a buzz and an energy in that room that was just hungry for comedy that it was really one of the few times in my life, and it's one of those few moments where I was like, yeah. This is going to be dope. I'm, I, I, I don't even want to go that far in my confidence, but I felt it was like, yeah, you got a chance to do something really Would you say it's because the tonight. crowd was receptive? Is that Was that part of it? It was receptive. It was welcoming. It was a smaller town, but th- that just had a great buzz of energy and again jake had been there beforehand with other comics so the reputation was built up a little bit this was my first time there and i just walked in there just feeling like good about the show but when he was bringing me up and i'm walking towards the stage and i'm maybe six or seven feet away it was one of those very few moments of my life where i'm like yeah you you might have a chance to really like do something good tonight. Well, how did it go? It, it went really well. <laughs> it went really well. well. Very receptive. No, uh, very receptive. Here's the thing: you, the audience energy, brings it out in you. But it's ultimately your performance that defines how you feel about it. I have had sets where the crowd really dug me and. You know, people were laughing and other comics and staff and management were like, well, hey, that was a really good set. Good job. And I'm like, you know, I messed up this line. That bit should have been there. I was supposed to call back this joke, but I misplaced that joke. So it didn't quite work. And in my head, it's like C minus. Mm. On the flip side, I've had sets where the crowd was rather indifferent. Some of them liked it. Some of them didn't. The reaction wasn't explosive. But you were landing all your stuff. But I walked off stage and going, yeah, that's how that joke's supposed to sound. That joke's supposed to go there. Um, If I do this bit over here, 18 minutes, I can bring this joke back, doing it later on. And that could be the callback that ends the set. And this is a little bit me getting into the minutia of the weeds of stand-up comedy. But that's what you're thinking about when you're up there. And uh, it's always a good feeling when you can 
again, I was talking about the Irish Catholic in me, but there's also the Filipino Asian me who loves the math. <laughs> and I like language and I like math and I like how it, it comes together and creates this beautiful equation of, of just what works of just words and music. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I really liked about your, your set was when I, ended, how, I get it. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you uh, know what my favorite part was? Good night. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Or he called his wife a hooker. I mean, that could have been his favorite part too. <laughs> that wasn't him. He didn't. No, he called me a hooker. He did it too. No, he said stripper. I said hooker, and yep. then I said. Don't well, worry, I said hooker, hooker not, not stripper. stripper. So you're in yeah. good, tiny little hands. Oh yeah. yeah. But it was only because she's the most attractive woman in the house. Let's you have go. To let's No, that's the truth. That's the truth. Come on, Tony. Come on, Tony. Come on, help me out here. Help me out here. It's the truth. I agree. I, I give that the, the hand gesture that no one else can see. I give that. That was as, the gavel coming down. That was a. <laughs> yes, he's right. Next case. Right. Bum, bum, what I like bum, about bum, your bum, uh, bum, your set. Bum. Like That's going to cost you $250,000 because I used that one riff from Law & Order. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> and I only got like, like, well, probably like a thousand people that listen to this if I do post it. And most of them are in the UK. You'd be surprised. They're all in the UK for them for some reason. I well, you seem very literal, literal, and I think UK appreciates language more than America. I, I guess you would say that. I, we watched, uh, we watched uh, a, is a musical a while back. This is totally off topic because I, no, I really do have a uh, really dude. Do look have at a me. Point. I, I'm yeah. on a podcast and I'm wearing a scarf right now, so I totally hey, get musicals. By the way, if I'm you're all listening. about the scarfs too, dude. Most people bang, thought bang, I was bang. gay. So. I'm wearing a scarf on a podcast. Oh, believe me, everybody thought he was gay when he first came to Mountain. Yeah, home. she. Had oh to, yeah, she had to test it out. She was like, "Well, let me let me see real quick." No, I had to save you from a guy <laughs> I call lumberjack trying to beat the heck out of you. Well, that's not because he thought I was gay though. But no, he but, thought you were cop. Yeah, but I mean the implication, <laughs> the implication, so. You gotta, Tonight you on ABC, sure. Gay Cop. Yeah, Gay Cop. <laughs> I would totally watch that show. That mm-hmm. is a Stephen Botchko production. Yeah, yes. so I came into this small town from, from Japan, and I had all this Japan clothes, which were mainly I bought from the European stores. It's weird. But, uh, yeah, so I came in looking all fresh to death, <laughs> killing it, and I met her, and then I was just like, I got to talk to this chick, dude. I got to see what's up. And then we started talking about theology, and then this dude is coming up to me, and he's all like, you're a cop. And I was like, pretty sure I'm not. I would know that. Like, <laughs> if I was, I'd probably be packing right now. <laughs> and I kind of feel like I wish I was right now, too, because you're twice my size. And so, uh, and then I said, <laughs> I said something. I was like, doesn't a cop have to tell you that they're a cop if you ask them? And then, and then she doesn't fucking help me. And she just sat there and she said that she was trying to help me out. She didn't help me out at all. She was like, no, they don't. No, they don't. You're near the end. Yeah. She's like, no, they don't. Cops don't have to say that. That's actually a misconception. And I was like, I don't know if she's right or wrong. So I have to go (laughs) with her. But she said it with enough conviction. conviction. I'm just all like, well, shit, I don't know that. Well, now I can't really like convince this dude that I'm not a cop, dude. (laughs) And so he was like, yeah, no, like you're a cop. And then she was all like, hey. Like, here's some pretty girls in our area. So, like, showing them, like, some Facebook, like, matchup thing or something like that. Whatever. God has got them off my back. And then she was like, hi, my name is Jordan. And I was like, you almost got me killed. <laughs> and so, that was a great first meeting. So we watched this. Uh, and they've been married six days today. Yeah, pretty much. Wait, what? A few months, but it's okay. <laughs> 
few months. Who's counting? Um, you know what you look like? You look like me if I was buffed and in shape and actually gave a damn. And pale. <laughs> and really pale. Like Muffman's child pale. Well, here's yeah. the thing. I'm Filipino, so in June and July and like late into fall, I might still be a little brown. Yeah, I know. Come February, March, I'm this. But yeah, just I'm smaller. I'm the same. Tinier. I love it, dude. I'd rather be petite. I'd rather actually be your, your, like, your aesthetic than I would be just bulky. I'm not going to lie. Dude, you're not bulky. You're like a whiter Jeff Goldblum. Well, I, I try to I try to stay lean. That's the deal. It's like, I can't even bulky. I got a twin yeah, brother. I want to stay lean, but I also would like to be more than 120. Yeah, everyone wants something. All right, Tony? All right. I want you. You want me. Let's just let's just let's oh. wrap this. Let's just wrap this up. Are we, now. Are we quoting rock songs right now? There's another one. I of him want in Texas. you to want me. No, there's another do, do, one of do, him do. in Texas. So I've got a, a I, of him. I've got a thicker double. He's a little bit thicker than me. He he's been married a little bit longer than I have. So he's got he's got some pounds on him. So I can know what I know what I look like. <laughs> That's the greatest thing. Because I can look in the mirror and I'm like, am I Taylor yet? I'm, I'm getting close. Is he just like shows up and I'm like, I'm you from the future 20 years from now. That's what it seems like. And this guy went bald as soon as he got married. He went straight bald. And I'm over here looking at my, I'm like, am I thinning out? Am I thinning out? I don't want to lose my hair. Yeah, no. Like, and it's hard to keep hair. it as it is. When you're like in the, in the, in the military, they're like, you know, you got to keep it tight. It's got to be no, this standard. I'm all of it. Yeah. Because I know you're a bigger guy than my, than myself, but you are kind of a, like a lean, slender guy. It's all about keeping it tight up top. Yeah. Like that's the first thing that people see. Yeah. You get it long hair on guys who are lean. You know, it's cool for in LA or New York, maybe we're the lead singer of a rock band, that's but anywhere else say. we're a heroin addict. Or a hippie commune. Yeah. yeah. Like and That's what I'm going to say. It's that's what's We're so trying hard to talk into killing Sharon Tate. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Much fun there. <laughs> But By I the way, am... it's been done. Yes, it's been done. <laughs> a lot of them have been done. There's nothing you can do that's original anymore. Oh, I don't know. After 18 months of on hiatus, watching every serial killer documentary I could I possibly know. find. I did that too. Oh. I know. I ran out of stuff. Yeah, I know. I was like, so seen it. Seen it. When I, I keep going back to Ted Bundy, though. Yeah, when, that's what I was going to say. When I first met this chick... <laughs> I go over to her house, right? And I'm going to be like, I'm going to introduce myself to the family. And I'm going to like try make to make a good impression. <laughs> yeah, well, no. We, I, we had to agree to get married before that. Yeah, yeah, we were all about the courting game then. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I got to finish my point because I'm trying to finish a point. Okay. All right. So I go over to her and we go into her room and I'm like, is she the spicy type of person? Kind of like what you're talking about? It's like, maybe she's spicy. No, she just sits in the bed and she just watches this Tim Bundy deal with Zac Efron as the main lead. And she watches it. And I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, girls like that kind of stuff. All right, that's fine. And I like, and I like, I like psychoanalyzing serial killers and stuff too. So I'm like, I could be interested in this. But she rewatched the show. Every time I, if she, whatever was on the TV, it was always the same show, and I was like, "This sounds like it might be an obsession. It might be a red flag." No, I like, like looking for discrepancies yeah. and stuff. But then I try to, I try to put on an alien documentary. No. Like, hey, you want to watch an alien documentary? Those are two and totally t- different things. And she was yeah, like, are. "Man, yeah. she just fell asleep. She fell okay. asleep." Here's how it works: serial killers, yes. Cults, yes. Random murders, like yes. like murders of passion, you know, yes. stuff like that. 
Then you get into maybe the economic, like the, you know, like the Enrons, like those guys who are like just, the they, they don't kill anybody, but they like, they're so like maniacal. maniacal that they take over money. Theranos. And then you get into alien stuff, alien. which is, yeah. it's all connected, and, okay. man. And by the way, <laughs> by the way, do you ever watch, you know, uh, the History Channel and they always say ancient astronaut theorist. That's how they describe these guys, ancient yeah. astronaut theorists. Because that sounds a lot better than alien. guys alien. randomly yeah. guessing. <laughs> I have a PA, PhD in alien uh, anthropology. But there's just like, so much more fuck? serial killers. There's BTK, the Happy Face Killer, the Zodiac Killer. There's just so many killers. Slender Man. Exactly. There's so many killers. Oh, by the way, if you're talking about the Zac Efron uh, Netflix special, which was really good. Yeah. Go, back, really to, go back to mid-late 80s. Uh, Deliberate Stranger with Mark Harmon. I've seen it. I know. Isn't it great? Of course. It explains what a sociopath is. Exactly. That's the first time I ever heard somebody explain what a sociopath is. Uh, And I was like... American Psycho. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the sh- American Psycho he- does not get enough enough love. I know it needs to. Would you I consider know. American Psycho a cult classic? Or yes. I mean, it is popular though. Would, it's, it, would it be considered? Okay, it's only because a cult classic is if it has a small. No. It's an audience, uber right? cult classic. Here's the thing: yeah. like Rocky Horror is a cult classic, yeah. but it has a huge fan base. It's been like, established. American Psycho is like that kind of. It's like the B-rated brother that comes to a wedding that you don't really want there, but yet you accept is there. It kind of reminds me of the mechanic. If you want to go with... super nerdy, uh, Serenity. Oh, yes, yeah. Serenity. Yeah. With Fire, from Firefly. Firefly. Yeah. yeah. Firefly uh, was like, dude, crap. people were so pissed when they canceled I was, this shit. I was, I'm not going to lie. I was pissed when they put them on uh, air out of order. Yes. Because they went episode three before they went episode one and two. Um, I got to see... Uh, back in the Bay Area, I went to uh, WonderCon out there, and I got to see Nathan Fillion, Adam Baldwin, Summer Glau, and Joss Whedon talking about um, uh, Serenity right before it came out. Uh, Tobey Maguire was there for Spider-Man 2. J.J. Abrams was there for War of the Worlds. Christian Bale was there for Batman Begins. And, oh my God, that might be the nerdiest monologue I've ever said in front of a mic. But, no uh, shit. yeah, because uh, I was going to bring up the mechanic as I felt like it was probably the same. Um, what would you say is the vibe. ultimate cult classic? The ultimate, the room, the room is all obviously that, that takes the cake as cult classic that and the crow. I think the crow is also one of them, but it also had a lot of acclaim because he died on the set of it. Uh, not only did I do one Halloween as the crow. Uh, I was in San Francisco at the time. Uh, they were doing a showcase at the club. It was Halloween night. So I actually did a set as the crow. It would have been great because it was basically like the Punisher, but it was before the Punisher actually had a debut movie. It was, it was a, a comic. Brandon, uh, yeah. It was, Brandon Lee was amazing. I watched I watched the crow and I actually liked it. I mean, it was corny because it was, it's like the 90s or like... like it was either it's, it's early mid uh, ninety four ninety six yeah late eighties early nineties maybe oh it's mid nineties because I, 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 really? I was at a, I was at high school I, and I, I was doing stand up yeah. and I, I thought if like they tried bars, to so. if they tried to recreate it now it probably would 
Remember when they tried to do the Crow uh, TV series? Yeah. Uh, I I know. I didn't know that. I had no idea. There's actually an article about it. It was a great premise. The whole whole idea is amazing. Like, a dude dies, like, unjustly, you know, and then gets revenge. It's like the perfect revenge. It was actually a really great comic book movie before they really tried to make really great comic book movies. Because I think the Spawn came out shortly after that, or it was around the same time. A few years after that, yeah. Or just Spawn. Yeah. I thought that was really, but but that was like the crow wasn't a comic, was I don't believe it was, it, yeah. it was a comic. Okay, yeah. okay, so that was the basically comic coming Same thing in. With Blade. Aside, uh, yeah. I wouldn't, I won't, yeah. I don't consider, I don't consider like Superman and those main, the big mainstream comic book movies of like Superman and all that, and like the TV series shows of like Spider Man, well, I mean, uh, car- uh, like, uh, I don't consider uh, those. These were like darker, and the darker ones. Well, sure. This was. Like the yeah, you would say mid mid nineties. That was when they were trying to bring darker comics into the film um, aspect, and it's killed. Looking at, look at now, I mean, you had like Game of Thrones, darkest fucking fantasy shit that you ever seen. Like it's people like gritty stuff because it's more realistic. Or the excess or the success of comic book movies. Um, I will say this. Uh, Especially the first two, the Christopher Reeves Chris, yeah. uh, Superman movies are brilliant. Yes. They they still hold up uh, more than Man of Steel. I'll no knock on them, but I, like those two movies were really well done, and I think at some point um, uh, Chris Hemsworth of Thor. Yeah. Will be looked at as the same way with Christopher Reeve because you like you don't realize how hard it is to pull off that character. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's easy to be a Tony. Not to take anything away. I mean, obviously yeah. Tony Stark is great and and you yeah, know, but he's a self-made millionaire. You, that you, you just put into a suit. Robert Downey like Jr. Batman. Yeah, you're asking you, an actor to be narcissistic. Like that's not that difficult. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Robert Downey Jr. pulled it off brilliantly. Yeah, no. But if you look at Christopher Reeve, and then again, I will say Chris Hemsworth, like. What they pulled off, even Tom Hiddleston to a certain degree, who I love, um, what they pulled off playing these over-the-top characters, that's hard. And they did it really, really well. It's a lot of pressure, too. And God bless the Terrence Stamp as well. Well, I mean, Mm -hmm. like, the thing is with that is that, like, when you have the original comic movies, like, the ones that have Catwoman in them and stuff like that, like, they're done really well. So, like, when you try to have someone come in and remake them in this day and age, it's not going to work out that well. The reason why they're icons now is because of how hard they had to work for that. And then you have Chris Hemsworth, who's coming in as Thor. Like, Mm -hmm. he's going to be the original Thor. You don't see any other Thors in any of the other movies. You don't see any of the other Lokis in the other movies in the past. So, like, they are redefining who those characters are. To the next generation, or they're to just the a, following generation. I would sure. say they're affirming the characters because those characters have still been written. Yeah, like they've been written, but they've just never them. been betrayed. Exactly. Yeah. What? Uh, here's an example. I, I totally respect what you said, and I totally agree. But I will give an example of where the Original. the tech uh, made the character. Uh, the Eric Bana Hulk, the Edward Norton Hulk. Wasn't yeah. as good, even though they were good stories, they were well written, well directed. The technology kind of took it, was the Mark Ruffalo Hulk yes. because the tech kind of limited by up the technology to, of my time. Yeah, yeah like, it just caught up to what we were 
expecting. Looking for, because we're also a generation of people who looked at really great video games. Yes. And we're not you we. We're not used to, to translate that into the cinema. Yeah. Old cinema. Like the body remember the, camera shots. Remember the Rock and the Scorpion King, yes. where he's like, "Cut, cut, 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 cut." Yeah, it's like, wait, what are you doing? I love that movie, though, dude. I know, I, I love, love that movie. movie. It's so great. It's, it's re- because maybe because we're of a little bit of a similar age. Of, yeah, if I watched it like now, Clash of the yeah. Titans, you know, we'll, yeah. we appreciate that. Where we'll appreciate the Rock going, okay. Yeah. And I know, again, this is a podcast, but you just have to understand, visualize with me, crowd. I'm clapping my hands, <laughs> making myself look like clamps. the scorpion crab that The Rock was. So just drink it in, <laughs> drink it in, appreciate the visual, follow me on Twitter. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone against him, though. Because no. The Rock, in any interpretation, not, I'm not fucking with that guy. I've All seen right. The Rock live at a wrestling match, by the way. Yeah? <laughs> and he was awesome. Yeah. He's oh also, my God. He also does really good voices for all the Disney movies now, too. He's. Like, let's be honest. If The Rock just walked into the room, we just all want to hug him because he's, he's that cool. He's like, got there, a charisma. There are about certain him. people who are just that yeah. awesome. Yeah, I heard that he was off. he was debating whether he would want to run, run for office. Yeah, he's still debating. I don't that. know whether he said that or or just a publication said that though. Dude, if so, he was running for Messiah, I'd vote for him. <laughs> you think? And that's where I. And this is. And now, now we're going to start versioning into the politics. I'm sorry, Tony. I'm sorry. Come Tony. on, I'm pro but, Dwayne Johnson Messiah. There, I'll fight he, you. I'll fight you. <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people will will say that I'm shooting myself in the foot. They're just like, okay, well, you're going to go for somebody who has no practical experience in in politics. Neither did and, Arnold Schwarzenegger and, or or Donald Trump. Donald Trump, exactly. That's why I say that I try. I'm I'm sitting here being objective, and I'm recognizing that I voted for Donald Trump the first time solely because I didn't like establishment stuff, like because I had watched these like 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 these documentaries with like what like the Rothschilds and stuff like that stuff that you couldn't find. Like you had to like this is when. That YouTube was. I'm gonna be the voice, by the way. She's gonna be the voice in my head. No, let's yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. she'll she'll say what you're thinking. You just didn't want to vote for Hillary Clinton. Damn. I didn't want to vote for her because, like, you're talking about establishment. That's like literally it was, it was someone who doesn't know anything against somebody who, who is said the most it's okay to grab a woman. It's yeah. okay to grab a woman by the pussy. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I mean, if they're okay with orange. it, if they were okay with it, then I don't. I mean, I don't see a moral. I mean, there may be a moral issue as far as an individual. Maybe, maybe a moral. Oh, okay. hey, hey. See, this is where you and I are going to Maybe a moral issue about it. <laughs> no. Listen, all right. So okay. Now I have to defend. Now I have to defend this. Now I have to defend this because y'all didn't let me finish my point. So my point okay, was. I'm listening. Wait, I'm listening. Wait, I'm listening. So I can just I'm walk listening. up and grab a guy's dick. All right, so now, all right, all right, all right, now I'm, I'm going to use I'm going to use a, co- a comedian's stand-up joke. I'm going to use a Bill Burr joke because he was talking about whenever he was in the business and he still is in the business. There was a female comedian that came up and just whacked him in the, in the yeah. In the, in and the you head. know what? She was yeah. wrong. And he was she wrong. was wrong. He was wrong. But the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. He said, he said, and I will. I listened to this because when I that story t- came out, I know the out, bit too. I know when, the bit too. Come when, on, bring it on. When 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 Trump came when that story broke and they actually showed the sound bit he said they don't care they wanted me to do it 
And so you can just grab them in the pussy and they're cool with it. They're okay. perfectly fine with it. So I'm not saying this is true. I'm saying given off base off of what he said, it was consensual. And if we care about consent, it matters. Hold and on. They were about it. He he didn't say anything about consent. Uh, some of these people were not 18. And here's the thing, man. And take it for what it's worth. You have a nice wife here. You have a daughter. She's 15. Would you let her be in a room with Donald Trump? Uh, now, with him being like 80. Uh, How about if he's his <laughs> current but, but age in his now? Time, at his time, like at that time, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because here's the deal. It's like I think that. And I, would you I, want? Would you want Obama being in the room? I, none of them. I wouldn't want any any political. Why would figure. you not want Obama being in the room with her? I wouldn't want. To, I wouldn't want anybody because here's the thing I think about, and this is this is, and I'm being I'm being completely serious. I'm not trying to ju- justify no, 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 or advocate. I'm, I'm, no, we're having a conversation any, for any any politician. I don't think that anybody has, has any monicum of power. I don't want them to be around my kids, because. Here's a th- here's something that I've I, I think I've talked about this before on a, a previous podcast. Something about power when it comes to when you have so many people, and we've seen this all before, especially with the Me Too movement. We've seen it a hundred times over. Pe- men, a lot of men, women do it too, I'm sure, but mainly men. They when you give men power, and they have the power and they have the influence, like of justices of judges like they're basically modern day mobsters that can okay. get away with it i don't i don't trust them with any children but then you're, you're saying you're putting obama just under the category of men i'm putting trump and under a specific category of that he said hey i can grab a woman by the pussy and i think it's okay and i get why people don't like hillary I get it. I I voted for her because the other guy said I can grab women by the pussy. But if you're going to put like, well, you know, Trump and Obama, they're not all the same guys. They're not all the same men. You can disagree with Obama. You can be like against his ideology, his political thought. Yeah. Uh, I he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. He didn't do it. High five. <laughs> but I mean, he didn't do but, it. But no, but don't, but don't put them Empty under promises. the. I, I don't want. You you want personal I, character to I, so to count it, for something. And look, yes. I'm not saying Obama was perfect. Look, we had drones that were killing people because he they did. were brown yeah. and mm-hmm. they prayed to somebody that we don't understand. Or someone had a American citizen. So. Yeah. Or somebody was at a wedding. And got bombed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I and mean, we did it with machine. But, and here's the thing. Like, I didn't vote for McCain, I didn't vote for Romney, I didn't vote for Reagan, I didn't vote for any of the Bushes. Uh, the first Bush, I could at least understand that he was qualified. The second Bush, I, my problem with him was, like, he didn't seem like a bad guy. I just didn't think he was qualified for the job. So here's my, here's my thing. But here's the thing. But, like, you can't, you, I, I'm sorry, but I, I would like to hear an explanation that this, that explains, like, how Trump and Obama are the same guy. Okay, not. so I'll, 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 I'll let me let but, me. But that's just my opinion. But let I'm me try to extrapolate it. Let me try to extrapolate. Who okay. do you think is more honest? Obama. You think more? You think Obama is more honest than Trump? Yeah. I think that Trump isn't smart enough to lie. <laughs> Dude lied on his tax returns, honey. Uh, 
Let me break that down for you because that actually was a that actually was a lie because that was taken out. They they showed all of his tax returns, and he actually gave because he put a gap between his tax. He paid more in a previous year before he took office, to where he didn't have to pay for his entire administration whenever he took it, and then he would pay like he would go back to regular payments. He paid more of his taxes. He paid more into his taxes the year prior. So they said that he didn't pay any taxes. That was a misnomer. They took that way out of context because he actually paid way more than what he was supposed to give to the government. Okay, you say that Trump doesn't lie, but yet he denied the fair with Stormy Daniels. But yet his campaign fund was, money was taken out of it to pay her. To keep quiet. Hey, no, that was a okay. So hear me out. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to sit here and justify this dude's actions. All right. Did he sleep with this chick? Yes. I'll give you that. But he said he didn't. No, he. If he did say he didn't, we don't know that for sure. But even if he did, even if he did, because if he could be full Clinton on this point, if he did full Clinton, right? Him paying a settlement to get it out of the fucking spotlight to get her to shut the fuck up. Again. That isn't that isn't an admission of guilt. That is saying I don't want this in the fucking news. I don't want a trial and all this bullshit. I'm just gonna give you money to, so that you'll shut up, and then I can just continue with my stuff. Tomorrow so after with my tomorrow afternoon, three o'clock uh, in the p.m. You guys have an imaginary fourteen-year-old daughter in this room. Who are you cooler with? Your daughter being in this room with my Trump. Wife. Wife. No, okay. Trump <laughs> or Obama? Obama. I. At don't, least I know he won't touch her. No, I wouldn't trust. I wouldn't trust either of them. But I honestly, you I would say. You have to pick one. You have to pick one. I would say. I would say. Ah. I would say Trump. I'm sorry. I need that after you now. But I'm. I'm sorry. I would say Trump because I don't. I think that he's more honest than Obama. I think that Obama lies. He's a. He's a career politician. This dude is a lawyer. This dude, all he does oh, so is this lies. guy was a, uh, a, a money manager. He, he's a billionaire. Uh, a billionaire that took out loans and banks that were doing shady business deals to begin with. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying all capitalists are bad guys. And look, I'm not saying Obama is necessarily without sin. He is clearly not without sin. But... No man is, yeah. I know. Well, no... But there are some people worse than others. Don't I? When they say like it's when people bring up the thing, it's like well deep down all Americans are the same and we want the same thing. No, no we're not actually we're really not because we're actually individualistic. And that's what that's what I think a lot of people they, a lot of people try to put us in boxes, and we do that same thing in the theological sense too. Which I, I'm 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 gonna try to refrain from getting too theological about this no please do I, I i i'm having a good time and i'm really enjoying this conversation yeah. and to everyone who's watching this or listening to this and enjoying it i hope you stick around for it because uh, i like this stuff i think there should be more conversations between people who have different ideas yeah. it shouldn't just be five people on fox and five people <laughs> on msnbc going yeah we're great yeah we're totally great yeah uh you know I don't want big government telling me to take a vaccine because government shouldn't tell us what to do. Now everyone stand up for the national anthem. You know, I mean, <laughs> and that was a point. But the, you sh- we should be hearing. Yeah, but the national convers- anthem isn't mandated, though. It's socially mandated. 
Uh, okay. It's not as socially mandated when you take a knee at Texas Ranger Stadium and some dude throws a Coke on you because That's you're not American because America is American. Freedom isn't free. They don't call it custom. They call it freedom. That was that was socially because there was no government. There was no somebody saying, hey, throw a Coke in someone's face. Okay. There was no law that said. There's also a, a law that no says driving it. by a preschool, I should do 25. I don't have a kid in that school. Why shouldn't I do 80? Freedom isn't free. No, I agree with you on that. On that point, yes. Yes, but I right. Think that it's, Run over children. Yeah. I think that's. <laughs> I think that that's separate. That's separate from what we're talking about. The, different, the difference between something that is mandated and something that's put into but law. But we all have mandates. Social, we don't. We all have. We have mandates by, by that we choose as we the people. Like for no, instance, we, we have governments. Up. We have governments tell us mandates. Like. I didn't want to sign up when I was 18 and I had to sign up for the draft. Do you think I wanted to? I don't want somebody with shiny buttons telling me I have to go kill somebody. I agree with you on that. I don't, I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here advocating for all of those things. I'm saying, I'm trying to separate the differences between social mandate and government mandate. What did you do when you went to school? Did you have polio? No. No, I didn't have polio. Yeah. Didn't you have lice, pots? didn't have any of that. Yeah, because yeah. you had a vaccine. Like, let's believe in science a little bit. It's worked. Yeah, that's the thing about this new... That's that, That's the reason why people are so hesitant about the whole COVID thing, is that it was because it was so new that the science hasn't been able to catch up to it. Because science takes years. Okay, so science takes years, so rumors should jump ahead a decade? Well, that's happened on both sides. Now, I agree with you on, on the, in the sense that... Yes, there are people on the There's right. There's more science on there science are, than there are rumors on rumors. There are deniers of, well, COVID's not a real thing. There's no such thing as COVID. I don't agree with those people. I don't agree with those people at all. Yeah. But there are also people on the far other side that are saying that we should give all of our liberties up. I'm talking about movement and everything like that. And be, be the ability Nobody's to Nobody's asking to take away your guns just because we're asking you to get a vaccine. People have been take, talking about taking away the guns for years. No. Yeah, but has it worked? Has it? Yeah, but has why, it come close? why hasn't it worked, though? It's because of the people that are saying no. No, because everyone realizes, look, here's the thing. You guys want to have guns? You can have guns. I'm the other side of the spectrum. Let my side have abortions. You guys want to keep your guns? Have your guns. Have them. I don't think you need a tank. I don't think you need a bazooka. But if you want to have a 44 Magnum or a 22 or whatever that protects you and makes you feel safe, absolutely. You should be able to have them. As a liberal, I truly believe that. Because I don't want to open up Pandora's box and try and take things away. Because the second you try and take you try and take things away, people get defensive. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, let gays get married. Let abortions happen. If you don't like abortions, don't have an abortion. If you don't like having a gun, don't have a gun. But don't stop anybody from having an abortion or having a gun. I agree with that. I don't I, think it's I think that, that complicated. And I, I mean, even though I'm a pro, I'm a pro-lifer. I think that I don't want to mandate or or put into law that people can't have abortions. And, and but all, I also, I, I don't agree with it. No. I don't agree with it. And so I would wish to change people's minds by conversations like we like we have here. Like exactly. intimate, intimate conversations. Not me screaming on a pulpit 
because I don't, I mean, I am a Christian, but I don't, I don't really like the church. I don't like any of the churches. I, I, just, I think that a, a one man being on top of it and everyone idolizing that man takes away from like Christ. Like they, they, they end up seeing that is the inter that is the manifestation of Christ. And then that person gets an ego yeah. and they end up sleeping with a fucking kid or some shit. And then it just destroys the entire framework of everything of what we are actually looking for our moral, a moral standard, a moral framework that we're supposed to be trying to strive for. So I don't think that we should be doing that within ourselves because even in the Christian ideal, it says that humans are inherently flawed. We live in a fallen world. This world is rife with suffering and rife with horrible things that happen. And we, me, as a person, I have so much capacity for malevolence that there's, there's only, all I can do is be aware of it. If I'm aware that how evil I could be, I could be evil enough to where I could end up beating my wife or something like that. Like I could do stuff like that. Recognizing that I have that capacity to do that is the first step of me recognizing that I need to be able to be somebody who's better that actually does it for like does what's right for everybody else. And I think that that, that translates. So I think that the political that we're talking about me and you are actually very similar and to what do you, you want character when it comes to a political figure. My thing is I'm a, I'm a bit of a pessimist when it comes to the character. And that's why it was really so hard for me to be able to talk about like, who would I rather have? Like I would, I, I said it from the beginning. I wouldn't want any, either of them because I think anybody that has that it's elevated to that level of power is automatically going to be someone I don't want around my kid. <laughs> you know? Well, if I may, that's a lot to drink in. And I thank you very much for your point. So I got like three or four things. And I'm going to rifle through them because I want to get, yeah. Sorry for being long winded. No, 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 no. Uh, One point at a time. Two, I'll, I'll keep that in. I am, if you rearrange the letters in the name, Tony Dionco, it actually spells out the weird, or the word long-winded um <laughs> here's the thing i understand when people talk about like elections especially in the last one like the choices were not high but we got to pick somebody and if we're not picking the right person that falls upon us we can't just keep blaming politicians well these are the guys who rise to power well, we're the ones who choose them. We got to start taking our personal responsibility for who is in charge, whether on a national level or even in a small town community level. Um, that's, I don't always want to keep. I don't always want to keep coming back to Trump, but. He's just different. He's not, again, he's not, again, I'm a liberal. I've gone, I've come across Republicans, conservatives in my lifetime that I've disagreed with. But Trump is something different. He's, he's atrocious. As a, just, not even on a political level, but just as a person of manners. You don't talk to women like that. You don't talk to children like that. You don't talk in front of people like that. And I'm a comic who says swear words in bars. And I get that's part of my job. But if I'm talking in front of people and I see children around me, I don't say those words. And again, I'm not saying Democrats are bloody perfect. perfect. 
But my God, this last guy was really bad. And I didn't hear enough people saying that he was, especially on your side. I didn't see, like, we caught heat about, oh, you disrespect the cops. You don't believe in the blue. But when their side attacked January 6th Capitol Police, nobody said anything. Our side gets attacked for not loving the troops and not hitting our knees and sucking their dicks every time they walk through an airport. But when John McCain and Trump says, well, I like guys who didn't get caught, I didn't hear Trump's side say anything different. And look, you can have a different opinion, but just own it. There are zealots. I'll, I'll give you that, Tony. There are zealots on both sides. And when you, if you, since you brought up the January 6th thing, I, what, what I saw based off of the people that I listened to was we wanted more cops to be actually patrolling that January 6th because that was already previously known that there was going to be a big, why, why are you cringing at that? Or maybe Trump's like, side shouldn't have attacked the Capitol. Or that could have also been that also was a thing. But we also know that there was Antifa that was also littered in, and the person that actually did the CNN special was an Antifa guy, and he dressed up as that, that's the main guy that they brought on. You're so, and he I, had all the videos. And I'm I'm saying that things are things are complicated, and I'm not advocating for the for storming the Capitol. I never wanted that, and I'm not the kind of person that would want that. I want things to be talked out like we're doing right now. And I'm not advocating for them at all. But I can understand where the motivation would be is if they felt like it was stolen. But I looked at the, I, I watched the entire speech that Trump gave, and he didn't say go and storm the Capitol. No, he just, he did peacefully. It. He wanted to do it peacefully and l give them their time. But he was saying that they're not doing what they need to be doing. So here's my thing is like, and then you had Maxine Waters go down during the Chauvin trial and actually instigate violence. She said, if they don't give a verdict that we want, that we're going to burn this place down. Okay. So like, Democrats are chastised for even all I'm saying is that thinking, oh, hold on. Winking, thinking, maybe saying like, hey, we should fight back and be more powerful. Your side, drug, and I'm not saying your side. I shouldn't say that. That's not accurate. It's all, I, but people I, I on understand. who may agree with some of the things that you're saying drove a car through a woman, showed up at a pizza joint with a shotgun because they thought Hillary Clinton and Tom Hanks were running a pedophile. Uh, you're talking about Pizzagate. Yeah. 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 But I'm also, um, what about, what about Summer of Love? What about Chaz? What about all the people that died? What about the cop that died? A black cop that died in Seattle. They got shot to death by people that were Black Lives Matter Antifa people. No one's covering those things. That's happened 10 times over what you're talking about just Pizzagate. Oh, I, on the contrary, uh, with all due respect, it's not 10 times over. Uh, thumb through the pages of history and i know when people say that they go they the automatic counter is well i can't take responsibility for all of america yeah 
And now we're you put all yeah. the responsibility of everybody with Black Lives Matter for everything that may have hurt one. No, I just person. use them as an example for this one specific thing. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying that they're the ones that are the part the problem, because you're probably used to hearing conservatives say that. I told you before that I'm a I'm an independent, but I lean conservative, yeah. and I lean conservative because I don't see when they're talking about like so. I think it was. Merrick Garland that said that the biggest threat to America right now is a domestic terrorist group of white supremacists. Well, where's the white supremacists that are burning things down? I don't see any of that. I've seen uh, Black Lives uh, Matter huge, do it. Uh, huge I've militias in Michigan, Ohio State, in Ohio, uh, Illinois, uh, been around for maybe like at least 50 years going back to the well, 70s how about this? and like, 60s. During January 6th, everyone said it was white supremacists. A lot of white supremacists are the ones that stormed the Capitol. Where is the yeah. big, huge news stories of the individuals? Because we're not seeing any individuals that are brought up. In fact, we're not seeing any cases. They're going, th- they're going through the trials. They're bitching and whining because their prisons aren't Holiday and Expresses. I'm hearing about that woman being called a hero because she got killed. And I do not celebrate the death of any other human being. I pray for every life that has ever been lost. I've looked at everything in Ashley Babbitt. I don't know who that is. Sorry, go ahead. I've prayed for every life that I've ever heard being killed. Whether I agreed or disagreed with it, thought they were good or bad, I've always prayed for every life that I've ever heard about on news media for a soul being lost. But that woman went from L.A., Drew came to Washington claiming that it was a lie, which, by the way, it's gone through like 40 court hearings. Like, does it have to go through every white dude before we get a sort of hint of justification that, like, actually, you might be wrong because you have been. It's 40 times. Yeah. 40 like court the, hearings. Like the and Russian she died. Stuff? And she, she was doing something wrong. And I hate to hear about a life being lost. I do. And I feel for her husband. But you broke into the Capitol. If people who are brown, black, had eyes that look like this, and even if you're listening to it on the podcast, you know what I'm talking about, it would have been a totally different result. But it wasn't because it was white people. So you think that it would have been a worse result or a better it would result? have been an absolute slaughter you they would have the killed entire, people the entire like you're saying like if it was a if it was an if it was an entire group of a minority if as it was you would want to call it then it would be a mass slaughter but if it was an american minority and it wasn't a white person it would if have been 50 more black people had tried to break into yeah. the capital how many would have been killed all 50 probably if it was a black person can break into the capitol and will get shot if 50 white people break in how many are going to get shot but didn't the black panthers storm the capitol before not to no. this level and don't go back to like 60 years ago man i mean that's that, but that's that's whenever we hated everyone hated and it people. wasn't that number it wasn't that number and it wasn't this they it still were each, in the capitol though, it right? also wasn't a president sitting there saying hey go voice your disconsent like your discontentment at the capitol and voice your just like voice how much it wasn't lyndon johnson saying yeah that's hey, still first the, that's still first amendment like you didn't advocate for anybody to storm the capitol the you first said, amendment is not absolute 
it, it's not this thing that you can say whatever you want. There is a consequence. You cannot perjure. You cannot lie. You can't. I can't say Donald Trump is a pedophile. No. Because that would be you technically can. slander. You can say it. No, you can't. It's slander. It's a crime. I mean, you have to show evidence for it. But if but I can't. Still, I, can, I can sit here and make a YouTube video and say that. No, one's gonna, no, no one's actually, you technically... He could, he you, could come after me legally, yeah. but if I had if I had the evidence for it, then but I could But you can't just win. say things. I, again, there's a difference between if you have evidence for it, but if you, you just can't say things. Like, I can't look at this carpet and go, it's red. Because it's not red. You could say it, but you have to have a burden of proof. And that's, I would have no legal basis because the carpet's not red. That's what that, and that's a good point. And that's the reason why the people that were being taken that are in custody now and in prison now during the James as they rightfully should be. They should. They they, yeah. they get their like, Here's the thing. They get we their, shouldn't be like, "Oh, by the way, this guy who killed somebody should be in jail." No. Those people who did what they did deserve to be in jail. And I agree with you. I'm sitting here I'm 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 actually I'm I am agreeing with you. Don't I'm agreeing with you. No. I'm agreeing with you. They should. But they, you shouldn't they, be they describing have a, it they have as, a burden of proof. Like, as a matter of fact, you know, truth be told, they should that's there's some general accepted. Yeah. What knowledge. was your what was your motivation? Why did you do what you did? And do you have any justification as to why you did what you did? And then a jury can be able to decide whether that you were justified or not, or you were just blatantly breaking the law. Yeah. Because you got into the mob mentality. Which is what happened. The mob mentality. The issue that people are bringing up is that... The mob showed up willingly, though. They didn't... It wasn't a... Hey, there's a group of people here. I'm going to rile them up. These people were riled up because they drove from L.A. They drove from Seattle. They They drove from from Alabama. They had private planes taking them from Texas. They weren't just, like, happened to be walking by and get riled up. Right. They were riled up before beforehand. they got there. But my, my, my father and my little brother were there. Like, they, they were there, and they were a part of that big crowd, and they didn't have any aspirations. They didn't want to. Okay. They saw it. And there were a lot of Trump supporters that were dragging people away from, like, pulling them away oh. from, from okay. breaking down the windows. But because some people were innocent doesn't yeah. make them all innocent. Right, but I'm just saying, like, look, like, but the, the deal is what the media does is they painted everybody that was even present there yeah. as you know what? villains. When Sharon Tate, when Sharon Tate and the people at the Charles Manson murders got murdered, they didn't talk about all the Manson family. They, they talk about the Manson family who actually murdered people. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. And that's what was, that was the point that I was trying to bring yeah, up. Before. I'm sorry, it's like the, why the, haven't we heard about these individuals? Because well, I care more about sandwiches and feeling good about themselves. I, I'm not. I look. We focus on the bad, because that's the crime. We, we don't watch crime for who's innocent. We watch for the crime for who's who committed it. Who committed? Did it. Who did something? I mean, it's like watching 9/11 and Friends and going, "Yeah, well, two planes flew into a building, but Friends was still on." No, we're going to focus on 9-11. And yeah, I'm sure there were fine people who were there on January 6th. 
I don't care about them. I want the people. I want the people who committed crimes, who did something wrong, to pay for it. And they just like they would if they were black. And they are. They are. They're in custody. Like they pulled a crap ton of people. Custody is not a trial. A trial is not a conviction. They're they're in prison. And everyone was so big on Chauvin because that's the one that. Because here's the deal. Those things are happening. They're just not making media coverage because they, no one gives a shit. Like, that's that's the truth of it. They there don't. Ton- hold the, like, hold but up. the Chauvin thing, you that at, one, they you, gave, uh, gave a shit. Pardon me, though. You keep saying things like it's only, like, the things that Democrats do are not being shown. Republicans are doing a whole bunch of other stuff that's horrible. They only can figure out how many hours of television that they can focus in on it because they're doing other horrible st- so so horrible saying there's stuff so too. there's so much that they just can't they can't cover it all yeah and i'm not saying democrats are without sin but don't ask don't pretend that republicans conservatives whoever however we want to quantify it it's it's silly that we simple it simple it down to two groups but that's how we do it Yes, Democrats are not without sin, but Republicans have their sin, and they have a lot more, and they're not acknowledging it. And even the Republicans who think what other Republicans are doing is wrong don't have the stones to say, look, the Holocaust happened. Yeah, I don't think that's... Deal with Texas. Texas has people saying, we got to put out books that say the Holocaust didn't happen. Come on, can we at least... Democrats and Republicans agree that the Holocaust happened. Yeah, I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that. If you can, if you can send that to me. Yeah, if, absolutely. I, it was I will, a week and a half ago. Yeah, I would love to. See, I would love to read that because yeah. I mean, if that's true, and it wasn't. It that's wasn't true, MSNBC. That's it was. It was literally Yahoo News. I mean, who is opinionated madness? But I mean, it, it really was. I'm not. I'm not pulling something out of nowhere. Yeah. No. If you if you can send yes, that to me, because I, I mean, if that's if that's true. Because I think that any history, good and bad, all should be articulated. Because we don't know, like, as a, as a as a as a society, and as a generation, if we don't learn from our past, and we don't look at the good and the bad, then we don't move forward. If we focus too much on the bad, then we demonize the people of today. Like, and that's what I think that I that that I dislike a lot about like the critical race theory thing, is is that it's mainly focused on the ills of our history. And then it's like, well, me and you are both white people, right? So I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be suffering the, 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 the injustices of my forefathers. Cause that's not, that's not my heart. My heart is who I am. I shouldn't be demonized by that. And I know that people are like, well, you need to recognize your privilege and all that. And I was like, okay, well, explain my privilege. And if there is a privilege, then just give me a tax. Like, give me a tax. Well, 7% of my income so I can dispense with that argument. Because I don't want to have this argument. Because I don't personally have any biases between white people or black people. And I I totally understand this argument. And uh, let me hit it on a couple of different points. What is your background, by the way? You say Irish. Are you full Irish or? No, I, I grew up. I'm, my last name is Castleberry, so yeah. I'm straight English. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Old English. And again, I know you're listening to this on a podcast, so 
allow me to quickly explain myself to y'all. Yes. I am half Irish, half, half Filipino. My father was born in the Philippines. My, fa- uh, my mother was the first generation on her side of the family to be born in America. I look kind of beige. I pass for uh, Mexican, Hispanic, Jewish, Italian, uh, barely heterosexual. Basically, it boils uh, down to an attractive man. Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. We got to live with the sins of our past, both as individuals and as a race. And that means good and bad. I mean, as a Filipino, as, a, as an Irish person, and yeah, as yourself, I have a little, like, yeah, well, grudge I mean, against yeah. Great Britain. Mm-hmm. I think Northern Ireland should be part of Ireland. That's just my belief because I'm Irish. Thank you, King Henry VIII. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fine. Take it. And I have a little, <laughs> so I have a little edge against the Brit. Uh, as a Filipino, um, I have issues with the Chinese. Uh, historically, if you're familiar, Spanish, um, even America after uh, uh, after the uh, after the war. Um, so there's that issue. So we all have to kind of just sort of carry our generational sins. And it doesn't mean that we have to let it weigh down on us. It's, we should know our history. And here's what I'm ultimately getting at. When you're talking about history, I, we should be the same thing with art. When HBO Max was getting people saying, hey, you shouldn't have Blazing Saddles on or uh, Gone with the Wind. No. We should have all our art on. Yes. We should have all our history. All our libraries should have all our books. All our museums should have all our statues and our paintings. Because they're reflective of us in time. And we're going to be defined by the art of this time. And 200 years from now, people are going to look at us. And we should have specific art that reflects us just like people 200 years ago have art that reflects them that's our history and they're the the perfect mix art and history facts and our best emotions and we may not like it 200 years later because of the language look but it was our best then well, at the minimum, it's just what we were, what we were, and I. And we got to see the pluses and the minuses. And the with the polarization, it's like even even our conversation, like we both we both respect and love each other, or at least I I do. I know I do. Like in Dude, my I've heart, loved in my you heart. from the second I yeah. saw you. In my in my heart, I do. I do love. In some and ways, you complete you. me. And and I, I do I respect the on the horizon. I respect I respect the 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 amount of experience that you've had. You're you know, like me if I was in had. shape. Yeah, the knowledge that you've had, and and so you have you may have different perspectives. You've given me things now that I have to like. I want to look into. I want to look into the the, the 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 story that you that you talked about before. It's like, well, did that really happen? I want to know because like if that is true, then. I may have to readjust, you know, and and so my opinions are based off of 
what I what I know to be true based off of what I've experienced, based off of what I've seen. So if I'm only seeing myself in, within an echo chamber, that's a problem. I need to start breaking myself out of that echo chamber, and I don't want to. And I don't want to do that. My there's something about me that doesn't want to relinquish, but I know I need to do it. And that's what I that's what I want to that's what I try to do with this podcast is I try to encourage other people is to break out of I like to bring people on like you said before you want to have like five people on every day I like to bring on people that I disagree with oh, you know? no no like, I agree I agree because if I if I disagree with them and then they can say something in their thing because I'll probably re-listen to this this podcast episode because I may have missed something that you said because I was thinking about something at the time and so. I want to re-listen to it and I want to hear what you're saying so that I can be able to maybe look into things. Maybe maybe I can change my position on things. And I encourage other people that even my guests that come on that are very passionate about what they believe to whatever I say, maybe encourage them to look into something different. Absolutely. You know, and and I think that this that that is that is the beautiful thing and that, that's what we've missed about discourse. And then that's what we miss about history too because we try to paint a lens a black and white lens over history it's like these people were evil and these people were were, were good like listen things are not so black and white yeah. like what happened in, in 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 ireland what happened with the the english we don't know all the different players we don't know all the complexities of everything like that that happened i'm not advocating for either side of that of that struggle but at the end of the day things happened and that's what goes on in history those are major events and then one group paints the other group as evil or pure. Well, there, there is no such thing as purely pure and purely good. There's, there's the motivation. What was the motivation? Some of them say, well, like the Crusades. Well, the, Crus the Second Crusades was a religious war that was just trying to just mass slaughter things. It's like, well, yeah, that's a, that was a, that, that's definitely a rough, a rough time. Like what? What led to that? Okay, well, that was the first Crusades. The first Crusades was a Muslim killing of, culling of all Christians, and that's what caused the Holy War, uh, to re a retaking of the Holy Land, and that shit's been going on even today. We see that with Israel and Pakistan, but that's, that's kind of besides the point. I'm saying is I'm, I'm trying to articulate is that things are complicated. And things get muddled. There is an objective truth to things, but I, I, it is people are in, in, inherently flawed. I am not perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not. I don't know everything that is moral. I, I, I with all due respect, and uh, a lot of that was absolutely dead on, and I totally agree, and I respect that. But there is a little something called a line in the sand. Like, look. Nazis were bad. Yeah. <laughs> Allies were good. Like, that's just it. And the clan is bad. Yes. And the guys who fight the clan are good. Like, yeah, I get it. We're all flawed. But some of us are better than others. And I'm not trying to put myself above anybody else. But i think that just when we try and drop it down to again with something i said earlier with uh, especially with everything that's happened over the last several years when people say like yeah we have our differences but deep down all americans are the same we're not mm. we're not we're not the same i'm mm -hmm. not saying we're the civil war 
but we're not milk and honey. And there are bad people out there. And sometimes people want to say, like, well, you're calling all Republicans bad. Like, no. Oh, you're calling all Democrats bad. No. I'm just saying that there are there are bad people. And there are also people who are neutral who will do bad if they can think they can get away with it. Yeah, and I think that's that goes down to the heart of the individual is what are your motivations? Why are you doing what you're doing? And I think it gets it gets Be really good. big into politics too. It's like what was what was Trump's motivation for running? What was what is Obama's like motivation? For Trump's uh, was it, fame and notoriety. I don't think he actually planned yeah. on winning. He really didn't. I think he was stunned that he won. Mm-hmm. He was just trying to get his name out there, maybe build a new news channel, a counter to Fox, a more conservative side to Fox. I genuinely believe in my heart but, of hearts that he did not plan on winning. Yeah, and when he won, doing? he was like, oh, fuck. Now I actually have to run a country, so now I can't. I don't have the time to create a new news organization or I don't have the time. And to he didn't care. Like, well, I don't with, here's the thing is that I don't want to be misled by other people's opinions on what his motivations were. I would love to talk with him individually. I don't have that ability yeah. to do that. And I would love to be able to get into the heart of who that motherfucker is. Same thing with Obama. Same thing with Clinton. It's like, no, Clinton Clinton could have been a really good dude. He could have been a really, he could have been doing his best. Biden could be doing his best, but he's an old ass man and he's struggling. You know, things are not better now than they were under Trump. Like they're not better economically. That's objective. That's a, that's the fact. I'm not talking about intentions. His intentions could be pure. And I, that's perfectly well, when fine. When you're also dealing with saying, a party like, that doesn't want them to succeed no matter what, even if it matters if the... And both sides are a little bit guilty of this, but I will say the Republicans are way more guilty of this, that they'd rather the country fail under a Democrat than succeed. I believe there are some people out there that, I believe, that, that feel that way. Yeah. And yeah, I think that the speaker's it's called that. Yeah. The speaker of the house, Pelosi? No, um, <laughs> the majority leader. Oh the uh, the Republican majority leader? Yeah. Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably. Yeah, because they're career politicians. And that's something that Trump stand stood against. He didn't like any of the establishment. He was the one that actually coined the term establishment in Deep but State. What did he do about it? Yeah, well he tried. I would I, I would imagine that he tried. I would imagine that he tried, but when everyone is against How you. How did he try? Well, when you have a huge establishment. What's that? Nothing. When you have an, a, a, it's an establishment that you, you were elected into an establishment that you're trying to build. Uh, a, you're trying to build an you administration mean, like, that is, Obama that is to deal with? filled with. That's why he called this. That's why he called it the swamp. He said they, they, all these people, they're career people. And they're when he decisions. when he wanted when he came into office, he had the House and the Senate. He did. He had the, he had the majority. He in did the a House. lot of things. He he accomplished a lot of things. I mean, Such I, as? I'm just saying, like looking at for me as a personal uh, as a person. Okay. Like my life, I was economically well off under Trump than I am Biden. I'm more well off. I was more well off under Trump than I was. Under Obama. I didn't have health care until Obama. 
All right, that's that's fair. But did you, but did you not have health care when you were under Trump though? Was it better or worse, or was it the same? It so was it better under Obama. It was yeah. better under uh, uh, Obama, but it wasn't better under Trump. Yeah, over Trump. Okay, it cost more. I had less options, uh, and I did not have health care for an incredible amount of time because of the choice I made with the career that I made. Because yeah, I wanted to do this, and I didn't have health care, and Obama gave me health care. And, you know, you can say, like, well, it hurt other people, da 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 But if you're talking about individual, like, results. Yeah, that's what I was. It, yeah, so it's it only had, it, things worked out better for me. All right, that's fine. And I, wanna, and I, I think I it worked out better talk. for a lot more people than it did under Trump. Yeah, and I'm willing to hear the argument if it worked out better under Trump, but I'm... I, again, I'm willing to listen. Yeah, and I love and, and under the healthcare thing, I would love to do more research into what 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 shifted what shifted between Obama. I was and able his to healthcare. get healthcare. Yeah, and Trump's then what Trump's policy it. was. Trump's policy with it changed it. That's why it made well, it harder, especially changed in state, it how it made it harder for states that didn't vote for Trump, like California. Uh, the prices went up. You had less options. It got more expensive to get like hearing and eyeglass um, health care. Uh, states, again, that didn't vote for Trump got less money from the federal government, whereas states like Florida that voted for Trump got more Texas, money. Texas, so yeah. on and so forth. Yeah, so big states. Yeah, big so states. California's a pretty big state. We're, so we're an economy. So basically, you know. Trump took a popularity contest ultimately with Obamacare. And basically, he decided that the states that didn't vote for him are not going to get enough funding. Yep. They're going to have higher costs. Whereas if you go down to Texas or you go down to any state that has a marginal similarity to another state, a state that voted for Trump and a state that didn't, the state that didn't has less benefits than the state that did. And that's the only difference is that that state voted for Trump. And take, for example, a state like Mississippi, which has the highest obesity rate of any state in the country. Which is a huge problem. Yeah. Well, it would help if you exercised and got up every once in a while. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why COVID has been a big issue, too. I mean, but even before COVID, Mississippi had was getting tons of money for health care. Despite the fact that they don't work on their own health care. They don't walk. They don't exercise. Um, I'm not trying to make fun of them. I'm just saying that if you want to get better and feel better, you got to... Put in the work. Yeah. Put in the work. Yeah. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting here right here. I'm telling you, I'm an independent. Yes, I lean conservative. But I'm still independent, so don't... Don't 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 conflate me. No, conflate I'm, me. Not, I'm not. Because I can actually it. agree with you on a lot of points that you're making. I, I actually agree with you. Huh? I love being a neutralist. You just pipe in whenever you agree with something, or disagree with something, which Pretty is much. usually what me. Which is usually yeah. what everyone does. Yeah. Everyone pipes in when they want something and when they don't want something. That's the American way. <laughs> Boiling it down. I think that the uh, me, the media is is slanted. Like what it, me, slanted what, me, what media though is? I mean, it's all again. Fox News, and I, I'm not trying to sound like the big bad liberal, but Fox News started it, and then that 
Fox News is what created MSNBC, which has made CNN, uh, again, the Jan Brady. And then you have stuff like OAN, who is buying independent stations and doing horrible work and are the worst individuals in the world. And you know what? If you put a bullet in your mouth, I won't care. Uh, you have Newsmax yeah. and you have all yeah. these other things. It's like but these are, journalism used to be a noble right. pursuit. These are these are these are mainstream sources. That's why I think that that within the digital age, that this this that that kind of like no, what's in your hand is pretty. I think that that kind of avenue of media is still popular, but I think that it's dying. That's why they're in their death throes. But, and I'm talking about Fox News too. Let me finish. So I think that Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, Newsmax, OAN. They are all trying to placate to this older generation of that's where you get your news. But n- now, like all I do is I watch independent news stuff. That's and I not watch any it, better. And though. I watch it on, I, I don't know. I think that it is though because I'm watching I'm watching things that are on the left and on the right, and it's like I watch podcasts where we have conversations like we're having right now. So I'm listening to both people. I don't really particularly know any of these people. I don't have a fanboy kind of aspect. Like I don't care for Dom Lemon because I no, I didn't no, I, I didn't watch it. But if I did, if I got into when I, I was following Dom Lemon before and I saw him rise to power, so now whatever he says is gospel. I don't have that. So now I have so many different avenues of figuring out different perspectives on a story. So, like, like for instance, I'll give an example of like the Alec Alec Baldwin story. He he ended up shooting somebody on his set of Rust, which is yeah. like a accidentally. Deal. By the way, like phrase it correctly, but I mean, I mean, I mean how how would you phrase it? I mean, because I mean, if he I didn't shoot it, somebody. Like, hey, I you're like you know my wife. I mean, it was no, an accident. If it, it was an accident, yeah, that's my. I, I didn't try to say that it wasn't. I'm sorry if I if I framed it in a way. I was like, all no, but I know you is said that, he shot somebody, and that can have a certain. Did he shoot somebody? He accidentally. But did but did he shoot somebody? Okay, how many times in children's history has a has two children had a gun that they got from their parents, and the gun magically went off? So it was an accident. So yes. here's the deal: How many times have I gone shooting with you? Two or three. Two or three. Have I ever pointed the gun at you? No, because your daddy taught you better. Even if it was unloaded. Have I ever pointed it at you? No, because your daddy taught you better. Yeah, he's Alec Baldwin. He's like Did you have five guys man. whose job he's a child. Did you have five guys whose job it is to make sure that, that there wasn't a gun in that bullet? Because yeah. you're an actor not actually shooting somebody because you're not a cop or somebody who knows that you're holding a gun that actually has a bullet in it. You assume because it's a film studio and it's a film shoot that it's a a pro it's a project. And that there are five, six, seven, eight other people who that go through have, it. That should have gone through it. You're right. But here's the deal. He is the last person to have it. And he is the person that wasn't pointing at another. It, was, it wasn't like this was an accident during a shoot where he was pointing at somebody else that's on the shoot. He was pointing at his producer. And the, the director was right there. Why was he pointing at and why did he pull the trigger? On a, uh, just without without questioning it, I because. I have I have a gun and I am really conscious that 
I would never want that to happen. This man is way older than me. He has way more experience than me handling firearms. Why would firearms. you say that? Why would you say that? You're in the military. He's not in the military. Just because he's older, he must have done more things than you did? Handling weapons? Yeah. No. Why would you assume that? That's awesome. Because also... I don't work in a job. How old are you, by the way? I'm 30. I'm 47. I've never held a gun. Okay, but so why would you assume that I'm 47? I must have held a gun before. I'm not. I didn't assume. I never said that. I never but said that. why did you, you assume Alec Baldwin? Alec. Yeah, because you're, he's worked in movies where a, a lot of his movies have had weapons. But the thing is, is that a lot. But those are movies. Those aren't real things. There's two different versions. Okay, there's the movie sets that he's gone to that has had actual like people double checking the guns. The thing is, is that the person that handed him that gun, he's already been in trouble for not double checking. A previous gun on a different movie have you not so. seen have you not and seen it's it? his job to make sure that the gun is safe in that that's it's not it's, the actor's job yes it is it's no it is. it's not will smith will smith on the on the it's bad not, boys too he sh there was a full he, video clip that showed okay you lit a cigarette if there was looks. a gas leak and it blew up would that be your responsibility i mean How, you lit the cigarette so sorry so you're trying to say that how would I be able to, if I had a, if I had a gauge right here, if I had a, exactly. oh, oh, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. If I had a gauge right here that leveled yeah. where the gas was, but if it was, if it was rising and I wasn't paying attention to it or I didn't look at it and then I lit the cigarette, then yes, that would be my responsibility. It's not your job to make sure that there's a gas leak in a building. I'm pretty sure the insurance claim would, would beg to differ. So yeah. if you're at a Chili's or if you're at an Applebee's or if you're just walking down the street. There was a gauge right here. Yes, there would be. No, because technically it is property management's responsibility to ensure that all of their units are safe. It is not the tenant's job to be able to smell a gas leak if they can or cannot because some people can't smell. So therefore, it is still the apartment's complex. So he can't see? So we can't see that there's a... This is all it takes. And how many and how many movies has he done where the gun's been completely safe? A lot of them. But the thing is, but the thing is, is that I've never held a gun. Okay, so I don't know what a bullet in a gun looks like. And even though I'm an actor, I I can't hold a skull and know what Shakespeare said. I can only do what I can do. Yeah, that's because you're in the military and you know what those things are. He worked with weapons. He no, worked his entire career with No, weapons. he isn't. He's not a cop. He's an actor. What he is saying is, is that it's not the fact that he's been handed guns numerous times that will give him the copious amounts of experience to be able to say, hey, check this gun. What he no, is saying. And I, oh, like there, there is actual law. Uh, no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. I've taken drama classes. I've taken acting classes for numerous years. They've never said like, well, here's how you check a gun because you might be in a cop movie at some point. My job is to take a motion and put it in front of a camera, in front of an audience. It's not my job to look and see if there's a bullet in a gun. Okay. That's the job of the military. Well, That's the job the... of the technical staff. There are millions of people on a staff of a movie. Okay. All right. So let me, let me, let, let me, let me now. Please, because I have two people Since that are both coming off. at me, both coming at me. Mm -hmm. Let me let me speak for a little bit. Okay. There there is a, de a decorum. There's at least a cinematic law that when you're handed a weapon that could be used, that you have that there is a level. There's an armorer that they do check it. Yeah, and there's a an armor. 
that also hands it off to the person. And they check and they say, hey, scene is safe, everything is good. And then the actor has to say, and this is why I brought up Will Smith, is because on the set of Bad Boys 2, Let me ask you this, this is law. This is, this is cinematic law. This is law. Whenever they're handed a weapon, they have to check it too. That's the true. main thing. This it is, it is true. It's not true, dude. Then look I, it I, up, man. I will look it up, and also I'll send it to you. Uh, uh, I don't please want you do. to look it up. And also uh, at the you. same time, if this was a conservative actor, if this was a Chuck Norris, but Alec Baldwin, he's a kind of a liberal actor. Would you be like, yes, going this far with a Chuck Norris or a Tim Allen? Absolutely, okay. because that or shit would a John Boyd definitely Boyt. make the news. Okay. Definitely make the news. So let me ask 100%. you One hundred percent. If there is the stunt groups, because they have stunt groups on movie sets, if it is, if someone is in a harness and they're doing a flying scene, is it the person who put them in the harness to make sure it's safe, or is it the actor's job to make sure that that harness is safe? All right. So here's the deal. I already showed you. This is how easy it is to make sure. There isn't a live round. Yes, but that does it, not answer that's my question. Not, yeah, that's not an answer. So you're talking about a harness. Yes. Well, if I was going into a harness, if I was going to go into a harness as an actor, I would be looking at that harness. But how would you know what is the correct way to wear that harness? So you're saying that of all the years that he's had, when he's had a weapon in his hand, He's never been asked. He's an actor. He's not a cop. He's not a soldier. You to paint them as the same as the same. So you're saying that he's not intelligent, then? Okay. So you think Captain America is really uh, a superhero? Uh, so is Iron Man? No, he I'm not a saying that armor? he's a superhero. I wasn't saying that. I was saying this is basic. This is basic. That to takes, you. That takes to one you. day. One because day. You're to you. In guns. One. One. No, this is not one. This is it's not, not basic. This. I don't know what that means. Look down the barrel. Is there a round in it? The thing is, is that if you just have a gun, okay, if you if I've never seen a gun before, you don't know what it means. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! You can't be serious. This is such a, this is a. That's that's a very weak argument. Is that you can't? And this is a revolver. Like he was using a revolver, so that was he wasn't even using this. Like this is actually more difficult because you have to pull the slide back and you have to look down the barrel. Right? Again, so this, if you don't own one points. of... Okay. I know that there's there's two points. I know this, and I'm not an actor. There's two dots that show whether it's a dummy round, whether it's a live round. And what they do whenever they're on set is they pull it like this. They go like this. They touch it. They do this. This is something that is trained and is told to actors. This is law. This is cinematic law. They have to do this. They have to make sure... If they're going to be pointing it and they're going to be shooting it at anybody, pointing it at anybody, they have to make sure that they have two dots. Two dots shows as a dummy round. The shot that he shot was not a dummy round. I've been an actor for 25 years, man. I've never heard this before. And I get it. You know guns. That's great that you know guns. But it doesn't mean that everybody knows guns. And it doesn't... That doesn't put it on the actor. That... that He's been acting longer than you've been alive. Yeah, but that, how long but that has doesn't that guy mean he doesn't mean sense. he likes guns. Maybe he hates guns as much as I do. So because maybe he, hates he guns, thinks he he's a real to man. Point and... it at somebody that wasn't even on the set to be. You've I've held thing. a sword on front of people. Not only set. did he point it, he pulled the trigger. 
The thing is, though, is that if he's not experienced with guns, if he doesn't like guns... He is experienced. That's no, my let point. Me, let me explain you don't this. know in what he's experienced. Life, in his personal life, if he owns a gun, that's great. But the thing is, is that it all does come down to the armory because the armory's job is to make sure that that movie set is safe. If the armory would have checked that gun, they would have saw there were no dummy rounds in it. There was a real round in it. Then they wouldn't have handed it to him. Therefore, not putting him in that situation. So, yes, it is the armory's job because he's being handed a gun like, oh, well, I've been handed a gun numerous times on every other movie set. It's I've never had a problem. So why would he think to be like, oh, let me double check that? If he doesn't have guns in his personal life, he's not going to automatically be like, double check this. Do you think that before every scene that an actor does right in front of a camera, he goes, hold on, pause, I need to double check this? No, they don't. Yes, it's because, because it's the armory's Yes, job. because the law says that's why you don't see this in acting a lot. You don't, that's why this is such a big story. The big story is that... The big story is that are, somebody died. It doesn't happen all the time. So it make it sound re- like it happens every other weekend. The reason why it's a big story is because that it's not, doesn't later. happen a lot when there's a lot of guns in movies. There's a lot of guns in movies. And these are not prop guns. Right? The round is the prop. The gun is a functional gun. The, the gun is a functional gun. Okay? The round is the prop. But they tell them it's a blank. They tell them it's a blank. That is not their job. Okay, man? That is silly and asinine to assume that an actor has to figure out how a sword works or figure out if he's driving a tank. Well, you have to take six months of driving a tank because you have to drive a tank. You're an actor. You're doing a job. You're doing a gig. But they did that. Somebody messed up. Somebody messed up. Somebody screwed up. And it's because it's Alec Baldwin and... No, I'm not talking to. I, I, so I have not said anything this. about his his political ideology. Let me ask you this. I've not said anything about that. I'm talking about okay. a man. Yes. Okay. Let me ask he you this. He pointed it at. He didn't point it at another actor, and he didn't fire at another actor. He pointed and pulled the trigger at a producer. Do you know why is that a producer? Like, these are questions. Do you? These are honest questions. Do you questions. know that the producers actually get really close to the actors? Let's take the Harley Quinn movies, for instance, with lovely Margot Robbie. She literally has a gun in her hand during most of her scenes. It is mm-hmm. her most famous gun. Do you honestly think that that girl checked her gun before she left her trailer with it or went to the prop stage where they have to have all of their props checked, signed out, signed back in? Do you honestly think that this girl literally went up and was like, hmm, let me double check this. No, she didn't. How do you know that? Because. I know that because that is the cinematic law. And how many laws I'll are broken? I'll show you the law. How many labor laws are broken? How I many will show you. How many laws are broken? How many so, spiritual laws okay, are broken? Okay, you know what? Uh, you have a computer oh in front of you. Uh, I, would, I would love to see it. Pull it up. Let's go. All right. Cinematic law when it comes to guns. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I piss real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, right. sure. um, you guys keep talking about how much y'all agree with each other. And then, and then I'll come back and I'll tell you. I'm going to have a very fun night. <laughs> I'm just going to have a very fun night. Apparently. I might have like 41 minutes before I have to catch a ride back to uh, my place. But yeah. Can I try that? Oh. <laughs> this? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, let me, let me but stop for you. I don't uh, get it because logically speaking, I have known of no actor that literally checks their crap when they're handed it to them. Harley Quinn doesn't do it. None of the freaking Kill Bills did it. There was a kid, uh, I'm a little bit older, 
So 19, mid-80s, late-80s. Okay. It was a TV show, CBS series. Okay. It was a woman whose husband was an FBI agent, got killed. She brought a model along, and that was their way to sneak in the countries and get, like, information. Yeah. It was in the 80s. Yeah. You know, it was a total silly yeah. sitcom. You know, 80s, or a TV, TV show. It wasn't a sitcom. It was an hour-long drama. Yeah, anyway, the, the guy pulls out a gun, yeah. thinks it has a blanks, which it does. Yeah. Puts it to his head, pulls the trigger. Yeah. Because it's blanks, it still has a force, kills yeah. him. Yeah. There's nobody, there's no acting okay. class that yeah. tells people like, okay, okay you have to yeah. figure yeah. out how a gun this. works. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's, it's because it's, if it was Chuck Norris, if it was John Voight, if it was Bruce Willis, it's because it's Alec Baldwin. Okay, you've seen the movie, you've seen the documentary The Tiger King, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, his lovely husband went and shot himself in the head because he was sitting there saying, oh, well, a Ruger won't shoot if there's no clip in it. Like, the Ruger won't shoot. The Ruger won't shoot. Yeah. And he goes and he shoots himself. The thing is, that's real life versus going on to a movie set and sitting yeah. there saying, hey, by the way, I'm going to hand you this gun. No, it's the armory's job to make sure. It's like when you check out a gun from the military base. You kind of have to... Look... I'm not trying to sound like Johnny Hollywood, but I've been on sets before where I'm the lowest man on the totem pole. The highest person on the totem pole, they don't check. Like, Meryl Streep isn't asking to, like, let me check, check the gun to make sure that it's cool. Like, there's nine other people before that gun gets into that person's hand. It's not the actor. Why would you expect an actor to, like, know how a gun works? It just, I mean, it. I would expect military to know how a gun works. I would expect gun enthusiasts to know how a gun works. I would expect nine people who have to check on the gun to know how the gun works. Yes. Right? I mean, it's just... Yeah, no. I would expect the armory to know what he's doing and why he's doing it. I would not expect Alec Baldwin to be like, oh, you just handed me a gun. Okay. Let me open it up and be like, huh. There are so many movies that have guns in them. And the thing is, yeah. is that none of the actors sit there and say, oh, we had to check the gun before I was able to use it. They all say, oh, we have to check it out from the armory on the set. And really? they do, check it for us. Do you really want to check an actor who's probably coked up and drunk? <laughs> like, well, a lot of the best method actors do drink quite a bit before they go on set. And that's how I do it. But my point is... yeah. <laughs> Again, that's how I run. But, I mean, yeah, it's not... That's like acting. It's like asking an actor, "Well, you're going to be in front of the camera, so you have to know cinematography, and you have to know lighting, and you have to know how where the boom mic is." No, no, it's other people's jobs. That's why movies cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Because everyone else knows their like individual niche. They know what they're supposed to do. They know that they're hopefully, suppo- yeah. Like they've been doing it for a really long time. They know where they're supposed to stand for the boom mic. They know where the camera is going to be. The actors know where the camera is going to be. It's something that's just like told to them all the time. Actors are told to stand there and say this and look pretty and give emotion. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong.
wrong. There are some actors and actresses that have grown up around guns that are just like, hey, you know, I'm just going to double check this because, you know, my parents taught me this. But it's not their job. But it's not their job. four to five other people's jobs. Exactly. They're not sitting there saying, hey, I need to check this gun. They're just saying like, hey, maybe I should. But the thing is, the armory is the one that signed out the gun to him. The guy sat there. And he's literally, the guy that was in charge of that particular gun has already had two complaints where other people have gotten injured because he didn't check the guns properly and they went off. So, I mean, Alec Baldwin is not the first person to point a gun at someone that did not have a dummy in it. It is the armory. Brandon Lee. We were talking about Brandon Lee and the crow earlier. He looks triumphant. Yeah. I don't like that look. He looks triumphant. I just pulled up like five articles that explain like how the the like what y'all are talking about y'all are talking about the levels yeah. the responsibility yes you have an armor that is yeah. your job is to load the rounds and everything like that but it goes outside of just the armorer as far as cases like this with Alec Baldwin at the end of the day every single one of these articles that I've read so far says from where the, the person who holds and points and fires is by federal law responsible. Uh, unless they're a cop and pointing the gun at a black person. Uh, but uh, I got to be honest, man. I want to I wanna know sources like let's Go ahead. Okay. Get so up there we and have, check his sources. We have yeah. C- Just get up there and do it. CBC, California <laughs> News. Just get up there and do it. We have Alec, Bar- uh, Alec Baldwin. Okay, so this is USA Today. The gun safety protocols. Our rigged on film. Mm-hmm. We have so that's USA Today. We have Chicago Sun Times, and we have our Media American News. I've never heard of this one, but you know, not exempt from gun safety rules or criminal charges. So a news site and theconversation.com. No, I, I pulled up five. It's not, I'm not trying to... Be, I wasn't looking for... Sp- I just picked on the first five. No, no, I know, I know, I know, but... Like, this is... this. It does It does get hairy. I'm, I'm going to sit here and... I'm, 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 we're still actually recording, you know that. I know, It gets hairy when, you're, when we're talking about responsibility. But, obviously, my, 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 my uh, conviction of responsibility is the last person who holds a weapon. So it's like if you handed me, and I know that you're probably not, you're probably gonna disagree because it's like you hand me a sword and said, hey, like stab this person. It's like, well, is it gonna stop him? No, he's wearing a vest, it's fine. And then you stab him and he's dead. It's like, am I responsible? So if somebody comes at you with that, a knife and you have feels. a and If somebody comes at you with right. a knife mm-hmm. and you have a gun and you shoot them, even though you're the person with the last person with a weapon in their hand, they were, if they were cool. attacking me, like, legitly, or they were attacking me on Well, you on said the, the person who has the gun in their hand, or the weapon at their hand, last, is the guilty person, right? We all know that, okay, so, I, the person who kills another person with a weapon of superiority. So, God, like, so, like, you so know again, that a gun I, is going to beat a knife if you're pointing, and you're directing, and you're pulling the trigger. So this producer and this and the, and and the director, they didn't have any weapons. They weren't trying to come after Alec Baldwin. You mean like, like Trayvon that. Green didn't have any weapons? Like why are you bringing up these 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 police scenarios? 
You said police it wasn't scenario. a police scenario. Trayvon Green was not a police scenario. It was a it was a guy who just happened to have a gun. But you keep saying like, well, whoever whoever has the more danger. You, you said because Alec Baldwin had a gun and that person didn't have a gun, Alec Baldwin is at fault. So why isn't uh, the guy who no, took was, on Trayvon Green? I was trying to show you that the who didn't have a gun and the, the other guy had well, a gun. The difference between both of those is that they well. There could be an argument that Trayvon Green, they did not know if he did or did not have a gun. You're a producer of a movie that you worked with and you have a really good relationship with, I would assume they had a pretty good, decent working relationship so with. So if a 15-year-old comes, wasn't a black dude weapons. comes across, you just assume they might have a gun as now, compared to an assistant producer. That's not, that, that has nothing to do with the, the, the topic that we're using. But we're the, talking about black, like dark alleys, we're talking about it was never met this person. It was a parking lot. He was walking away from a convenience store with a soda and some M&Ms. If you want to talk about Trayvon Martin, we can talk about that. But or do you want to talk about a movie set? Or do you want to talk about well, if a you're, police encounter? If you're going to use one guy had a gun to a guy who didn't have a gun, you can't be blasé about another scenario where you're, where you're willing to fend a guy who had a gun against a guy who didn't have a gun. <laughs> so if you wanted to draw a comparison, and we try to draw a comparison between what you're talking about, and this is Trayvon Martin, and we want to talk about the comparison between yeah. Alec Baldwin and movie producer and a director, then you would say, well, for one, one of them was in broad daylight. One of them, we all, they already knew each other. Why does daylight and matter? It matters because they knew that you couldn't, that he wasn't drawing something. There was Because no of simple daylight? So because it's dark right now, there's a chance I might get killed more so because it's not 8 a.m. Well, can you see in the dark? I can see enough not to kill somebody just because I'm worried. In the daylight, would you be able to tell if it was your producer or is just a random person that's just drawing? I don't picture? jump to a gun just because it's dark or because I'm scared. But you also said that Alec Baldwin thought that it was a uh, it was a dummy gun. There, there's nothing in there's nothing in there. There's a difference. Between all I'm trying thinking... to say is that there's a completely different scenarios, and there, you're trying you're, to conflate the scenarios. These scenarios are completely different. So why are you bringing up a, a scenario? That's you're comparing different? them, and I wasn't comparing you're them. Making, you did you're it. making you're you're pointing to one argument, whereas I'm countering it with another argument. That doesn't make it an argument; it makes it a point of discussion. And I would just like to debate it. But for you to just brush it off that something I said doesn't make any uh, any sense because it doesn't fit into what you're saying then I am going to get a little bit defensive. And here's the thing. I'm having a great time. Thank you for the booze. Thank you. I do have to leave at some point because otherwise I'm going to have to walk five and a half miles to get home because I think the cabs are shutting down. And I'm having a great time, and I really am. Trent, uh, your wife, I'm having a really great time. I love this conversation. I think there should be more of this. And despite the fact that Trent and I are getting a little bit defensive, mainly because I'm right, it's, I get it. I'm just saying that. I mean, that was a joke. I'm saying this, that we should have more of these conversations as Americans. No, I agree. Uh, not only as Americans, that's actually a poor choice of terms. As human beings, we should have these conversations. We should debate. We should laugh. We should joke. 
We should argue. We should disagree. We should be willing to go like, you know, deep in my heart, some of the things you said tonight, I think are wrong. And I hope, and I, and, 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 and I think you probably think the same thing about me, but I don't want it to be that just because we think that we're wrong, that we're wrong individuals. I'll still we're have just, you over. I'll still have you over again. I know, because you brought me booze. Of course I'll show up. (laughs) I want to be challenged. You could be a Nazi sympathizer. If you said Vanilla Crown Royal, I'm like, yeah, I'll show up. (laughs) I'll do your podcast. If if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But here's the thing. It's not about... Actually, it's being proven that you're wrong. No, uh, it's about having conversations and just debating and... I would like to hope to think that maybe all three of us at, at the end of the night might be going like, eh, well, so-and-so said something, or, yeah, I might have been too strong about this. Or, on the flip side, more passionate about this, and like, no, I believe this is what I'm for, and I, and I believe it's right. So let's have those conversations, and let's have those thoughts at the end of the day, and let's have those conversations a week from now, and... If I'm back in town a year from now, I would love to do this podcast again and have these same conversations and see where we're at then. Absolutely. Please. I mean, ultimately, I wouldn't be right. But the (laughs) thing... (laughs) No, but... um, Yeah, it's... And I love podcasts. I love conversation. I just... I love good, honest debate. And uh, I met you, you know, you both just a couple nights ago. And we had a few drinks, a few smokes, um, conversations. You invited me on your podcast, and here we are. And we've been talking for, I think, three days now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I've loved it. I've loved this conversation, and it gets the blood pumping. And I hope it's done the same for the two of you, and I hope it does the same for everyone who's listening right now. Yeah. And people, people will agree with me. People will agree with you. But the, the point is to have these conversations, to present our points. And if, like, everything else, whatever, however people lean or decide what they think, that's, that's on them. But it gets them thinking. That's all that matters. I, what I care about is I get people to, I, I want people to think. And after this conversation, I'm going to be thinking. I'm going to be thinking about what you said. And get passionate and get... There's nothing wrong with getting a little bit angry. Because angry doesn't necessarily lead to hate. So it just it just means you're passionate and you disagree and you're... It, it could be whether it's abortion, the death penalty, or, you know, Raiders 49ers. I mean, you, so there, you just have that natural argument. And, and again, it doesn't mean hate. It just means passion and debate and... I think that brings out everyone's best argument, like their best intelligence, their best point to, well, you said this, so I can say this, cause, and vice versa. And There's a Christian ideal that a lot of Christians miss. The Christian ideal is hate the sin and not the sinner. So you love the person, but you hate the ideal. So you argue against the ideal, but you don't conflate that with the person. The deal is that I'm going to love you. I still love you. I will always love you, regardless of whether we agree. And we can be fundamentally disagreeing. But I'm still going to love you because I think that you're a beautiful person. And you you bring so much light to the world. And it doesn't matter if I disagree with you on guns 
or abortion or any of those things, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to care about you. But can you say the same for everybody else? I don't know. I would hope that other people could see each other as human beings and see each other as valuable, inherently valuable in this world and not as evil because people it's, 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 there's something that's a part of us. It's a, it's a spiritual aspect and that there are these ideals that are, that are come out that aren't, I would say that there are some objectively bad things and you agree that there are some objectively bad things. Like obviously fucking with kids, that's a bad thing, right? Or murdering somebody with your intentions is to murder somebody. That's a bad thing. We have these, we agree on the fundamental level. It's just, we're, we're disagreeing on, on certain legal aspects and we're disagreeing on the intentions of the time and the, the aspects that are going on. And that's, and that's completely fine. Cause that's a great debate. But at the end of the day, I'm not oh, going to, I'm not going to hate you because you have a different opinion on an a, 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 an action that happened and who's responsible. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate you for that. I love you because you're giving me a different perspective because I'm hearing one perspective and I agree on this one perspective and it's very difficult for me to hear something that's of an officer. That's what brings that kind of fire out is because I don't hear a lot of those arguments, but you're bringing up good arguments and I, and, and I respect it. Well, thank you very much. And I'll, I'll give you um, a pretty good example. Again, proud card carrying San Francisco liberal deal with the y'all, but and I'm against the death penalty. But I understand. You know, when I hear about somebody who gets who gets hurt and I think about their family and what they want out of it or or their loved ones or their friends, yeah, we all get that. We all understand it. I think we because we look at it as more of a yes or no, we we miss the subtlety of the argument. It, which is the struggle. Complexity. Yeah. Because, yeah, we are vengeful. If somebody hurts somebody I love, of course I want to hurt them. But I don't want to kill anybody unless they're absolutely threatening my life or someone immediately. So we all deal with that conundrum. That what if? We all love babies. But if I was a 14-year-old girl who was pregnant... I can understand getting an abortion. And I love kids. I think kids are great. My mom's a foster parent. But I get people who should have the option of getting an abortion. Mm -hmm. I don't like guns. <laughs> but I get people who want to have guns. And like, I like hamburgers. <laughs> I get people who want to be vegetarian. I, I mean, would... you know, to each their own. And... I think um, I think of it this way, this way, Tony. I think that we live we live in a. By world the way, you're totally sounding. I don't mean to cut you off, but you're. I don't know if it's I like the. Sony. You know, he kind of sounds like Liam Neeson right now. Yeah. Like you almost had like a little bit of a Scottish accent. Like, yeah. I don't. Scottish, eh? Tony, I don't have much skills. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much money. <laughs> I can't even talk. Now. But I do have a particular set of skills. Now, now I'm afraid that I'm going to be speaking in a specific accent. No, no, no. It's like a natural twang you have. I know, yeah, it was just right. kind of like subtly badass where it was like, oh shit, I'm like, fuck, is there a gun over here? I get, I, there's, a, there's, there's a specific... Liam Neeson. 
there's a specific thing that I think that me and you both agree on, but I, I, I just feel like we, 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 could, we could have gotten to the heart of what that is, is that I think that everyone has a capacity for evil and malevolence. The people that want guns are the ones that recognize they're hyper-focused on the capacity of the malevolence of everybody else. So they want to guard against it. So they, they, want, they want weapons. And weapons, unfortunately, and the nuclear bomb is unfortunately created. So it can't be uncreated. So it's always going to be there. So the only way that they can guard against malevolence is to have... Be prepared. Be prepared for that. So now when it comes to... I agree. Yeah, and, and, and I think that it's... I have a lot of compassion for people that don't want... They don't want guns. They don't want nuclear weapons. But you can't uncreate something that's already created. So no, not, it's almost... Uh, some people feel... The majority, and I feel... I lean on the side of the people that want to have guns is because they feel that way. They feel that way of like, listen... I don't know someone is going to try to attack my family. There's a there's something in the in the in the in the in the, the Christian doctrine that is a it's I want to I want to kind of break down the definition of meekness because people have heard weak, right? People have heard the word meek. Meek is a biblical no, term. No, I'm not familiar. Meek Catholic not, kid. Not a lot of people know the different the definition of meekness. The definition of meekness was those that carry swords and know how to use them. But don't unless absolutely necessary. And you said something earlier. You said, I don't want to kill anybody unless they're coming after my family or coming after me. Or directly. Or directly. Direct, like immediate right? threat. That is what you just, what you had said at that minute, at that point, is the definition of meekness. So it's not that you don't, like, that you can't use any kind of weapon. You would use any kind of weapon that would go against you. That if it was directed at your family or you in, 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 in that kind of a, a circumstance. Yes. But if you didn't have the weapon on you, then you're nothing but helpless. I know. And there's where I would actually disagree with you. Um, 1996, I'm working a club in San Francisco. Guy hassles a waitress uh, at the club. Kind of step in. Just because she's my friend. Uh, it's on my second beer, so I was feeling pretty confident. A uh, couple minutes from two dudes. Took a pretty good beat down. Got bit in the face. Got seven stitches right across here. A few days later, I'm at a club. Uh, fellow comic looks at me, and he knew my story. And he says, feels kind of good getting your ass kicked. Now you know you can take it. I don't need a gun to be tough. Like, and again, this is a podcast you're all listening. I'm five foot ten, one hundred and twenty pounds. I'm nothing. But maybe it's because of that experience. Absolutely, that was a big part of it. But also because of the fact that I don't have a wife, I don't have kids. I can play that kind of X factor. I've put myself. I'm not trying to make myself sound like anything other than what I am. Not a tough guy. Nothing. But I've stepped in the fights, always being the smaller dude, because that's what you're supposed to do. You don't need a gun. You don't need a knife. 
you just got to be willing to say like this is wrong and I'm and if I get the shit beat out of me I get the shit beat out of me but I'd rather be that guy than a guy who does nothing So I get why people want to have guns, and it's cool that people want to have guns. And I get that people don't want to have guns, and I I get that people want to have abortions and don't want to have abortions. They don't want to have abortions. They choose to have abortions. That's a poor choice of terms. But I'm just saying, you don't have have to have a gun to be a tough guy. And I get why you might need a gun to be a tough guy in a certain situation. I'm not naive. But if I need a gun to be a tough guy, then... There's something wrong with me. Because you're supposed to protect people. The innocent. And... I know that might sound silly and naive. And maybe I read too many comic books. And I still read too many comic books. But that stuff affected me. It it taught me, along with my mom and dad, like... Hey, here's the hero you're supposed to be. And you're supposed to... Like, stand up. And it doesn't matter. Everyone's always going to be bigger than me. Doesn't mean I shouldn't, like, try and stop them. Yeah. My argument is that it's easier to stop them with a a deterrent. Sure. It's like, you don't, even if you flash the gun, or you even have to pull a gun, it still says... No, you're not going to beat the shit out of me. Because now the level, the playing field is leveled. It's not that you have the intention of shooting that person. Now, if they came after you, given that, then they're just, they're just fucking crazy. Here, here's the but, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, but, but like, I don't think that you have it, would have to dispense with your ideals having that weapon. Because you're talking about comic book characters. They have a quirk they are able to defend the helpless, defend the weak. So but can I. You didn't have that other than you got the shit beat out of you. Yeah. But that, you didn't, there was nothing that, it could have killed you. It could have yeah. killed you and you had nothing to do with it. So are you saying you'd rather I, die No, I didn't have, have nothing to do with it because somebody I cared about was... That like, could help you. Yeah, and I... Here's the thing. When moments like that happen... Well, I'm we all just, have I, that friend. I'm, I'm, I'm somebody <laughs> who like always overanalyzes, second guesses, and we'll even get to suicide in a second. Um, when that happened, it was just pure instinct. It was like, something bad is happening. I'm going to go do something. And that's... Again, when my buddy, that guy, said that thing about... like getting your ass kicked it, it stuck with me it's like, again I don't need a gun I don't need a sword I don't need to be the biggest fighter and oh thank you he's lighting my smoke he's an awesome podcast host uh, even though we're arguing but I love him uh, this is great we're having a conversation yeah I do love you man I, I do appreciate this I love um, having random conversations with people. Uh, a friend of mine actually described this a couple years ago. It's intelligent conversations about nothing. And I like I like moments like this. Um, 
got to be the best people we can be. And what I think is my best person, and what you think is your best person, and what you think is your best person, and whatever anybody who is listening to this right now thinks is their best person, is going to be a little bit different. I just hope that people um, just be cool with one another. I mean, I know that sounds very naive and um, almost ridiculous in 2021. Um, I want people to... We got so much technology at our fingertips. We have so much on this planet. We have so many brilliant people. There isn't anything we can't do. Like if we just look at it as everybody. And we're going to disagree on some stuff. That's cool. We've always disagreed on some stuff. But we could still do great. And we could still do amazing. And we're not doing as... as brilliant as humanity can do right now. Do you think that... But we can. We still can, and I believe in it. I'm I'm not a pessimist. I, I believe in our greatness. Do you think that society is going to get better or worse from here? I believe that I'm going to try and do to make everything I can make about society better. That's all I can do. And again, that sounds naive and mm-hmm. almost silly. In a 2021 world. Sounds like you don't want to really want to make a prediction. I just want to... I want to control what I can control. And make people better. And make people happier. And make them laugh. And help them whenever I can. Or come across a situation... Like when you find somebody whose battery died. If you pull over and like give them a charge. That's a great thing. Mm-hmm. That makes the world a better place. Because that person's going to be like... Wow, that perfect stranger helped me. Like, if we could just do enough of that to build up a little bit niceness, and I, again, I'm not, I'm not naive, but we have a responsibility to leave this world a better place than we left, than we found it. So again, maybe that's a comic book nerd to me, but no, I, I would, I would try to. I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna try to say what you said, but in in my words. So, it, is it better to orient yourself as somebody who sees the good in everybody, than it is to constantly see them as a potential threat to your life? This is gonna sound like a cheap answer, but I lean a little bit more pragmatic. But the guy I need to be when I wake up in the morning and who I see in the mirror at the end of the day when I brush my teeth, I got to believe in optimism. I got to believe that we can be better. I got to believe that I can be better. I got to believe this world can be better. Like, what's the point of getting out of bed every morning if you think it's only going to get worse? I'd rather strive for greatness and fail then accept failure and succeed. I want to 
Be the good that the world deserves. I want to be wants. the hero. I want to be the hero. I want other people to be the hero. I want I want to inspire people to be the hero that they want to be. And I want to meet the heroes that inspire me to be the hero that I want to be. And I don't care how silly or stupid that sounds. I don't care how naive. What else are we supposed to believe in unless we're being our best? Being our champs. Being our heroes. And... Again, I, how people can wake up in a world and think the worst, I'm like, I, not to talk bad about anybody, but I feel so horrible for them. Because there are people who wake up and they are dealing with the worst, and yet they still strive to be the best and be the champs, and God bless more of them. I, I got a little bit more carry than I anticipated, no, <laughs> but no, I, I, I believe in that. I, I I believe in that. <laughs> I just got tissue, um, but like comic books, like and you guys saw my set. Like when I talk about that nerd stuff, it's not just nerd stuff. Like Catholicism messed with me a little bit, and the Bible messed with me a little bit, but Picard. Picard showed yeah. you. <laughs> seeing a Cyclops, seeing a Green Arrow, seeing a Hawkeye. I mean, seeing a Scarlet Witch. I mean, those those were my... Those are the human ideals. Yeah, that's, that's, what, what, that's what we would want. Yeah. But it's not reality. But we can. We can make it that reality. Can we? We can. And we have to. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter if we reach that point. What matters is that we strive to reach that point. It's the like only world way to peace. Try that is to change the culture, and this this would this would dive into a, a part two. So I'm gonna have to wrap. I'm gonna have to wrap this up because no, that, I know. So do what I. you're talking about is you're talking about the archetype, and the archetype, like that's me. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I want to get deep into it. In fact, we'll probably talk about it after this podcast. And I'm sorry, but we're gonna talk about it, and we'll probably talk about it if he does come back. And we'll have another episode, but we're going to have to cut this short here. <laughs> and then we're going to have to press pause. So, Dude, love this, you guys. This might be, is this honestly the longest podcast you've had? <laughs> I no, feels I've, like... gone, I've gone three and a half hours. Once. Okay, I'm but, sure. But we were talking about God. Like, and, that, <laughs> and I had to like actively. Oh, man, we're going to have to part three at this point. Oh, yeah, <laughs> this is going to be your yeah, godfather. We're going to do that. <laughs> we're, if we're talking about archetypes, we're going to talk about Jesus, and we're going to talk about all the different hero stories and where they derive themselves from. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I, Tony, thank you so much for coming out. Man. Hey, I thank really you both so much for having me. My name is Tony Diomko. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you for listening to all three of us ramble uncontrollably. But I please drop where you're where, you're, where, you're, where they can find you as well. Uh, you can follow me on uh, on all social media at Tony Diomko, T O N Y D I J A M C O, and I'm also part of the uh, Jokers and Jester uh, comedy tour. You can find us on Facebook and our website. And uh, again, thank you all so much for listening to our ramblings. This has been such good times. Thank you both. Uh, I I could not have had a better time. Awesome! 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 All right, I'm going to continue to talk to Tony while you guys uh, won't hear it until uh, the next uh, recording. 
if I decide to do it. So <laughs> have a good time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.